0: And Hindu Americans exchange gifts on Christmas, so clearly there's some way to do that. And apparently them's fighting words where he comes from. Right, he he started doing that thing that people do when they're they're in an argument, but you aren't yet, you know, like where they're taking a little tiny breaths so you don't have time to interject in between their shit. And, and I'm still trying to salvage the conversation because my goal here is to donate toys to fucking kids. So so I try to back up a bit. I just offer up my basic question. I'm like, look, man, all I want to know is can parents get toys from your toy drive without being part of your congregation and without being proselytized to? And then I tried to add something along the lines of, and if that's not the case, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that. I just want to take my donation elsewhere. But I never got that far because he started literally yelling at me that I was dangerously misguided. And if I thought kids needed toys more than they needed the light of Christ's salvation, literally yelling at his phone about this shit. And I'm I'm way out of character, right? At this point, so I'm I'm just still trying to drag this guy back to civility. I'm like, look, man, I'm gonna leave the religious upbringing to the kid's parents. I just want him to have more presence. But well, this was not the right answer, apparently. He starts indignantly sermonizing, and th- at that point, I just hear potato, potato, potato. So I couldn't tell you what he's fucking talking about. I-, I I know I stayed on the line way after I kept telling myself I should hang up. I know at one point he tried to change my religion. At one point, he literally told me that. Atheists don't do charity, forgetting apparently why the fuck I'd called him in the first place. But all of that paled in comparison to my great sin, which was to eventually use the term asshole. Right, I, I didn't even call him an asshole. My literal words were, look, man, I'm not trying to be an asshole here. But when I said asshole, he had to be dragged over to his goddamn fainting couch. So freshly incensed by my wanton vulgarity, he launches into some victorious Jeremiah about how my language confirms every bigoted thing that sprung to his mind when I said atheist in the first place. And he condescendingly offers to send me a Bible to help right my ways. So I tell him, look, man, I got a Bible right next to me, and it's probably a lot bigger than your Bible, so he gives me some passage or another to read, and I say, you know what, man, I'll read that just as soon as I can. Some of these pages are stuck together, though I jerk off on this thing a lot. And that's when he hung up on me. Now, there is a point to all of this beyond me just bitching about some asshole I had to endure on the phone, because I have to admit that, like, for a full day afterwards, I kept returning to that weird vindication that he expressed about the use of the word asshole. So up until then, his tone seemed threatened. And afterwards, it was elated. And and I know he had to cling to something to tell himself that he'd won the exchange or whatever, but it still seemed baffling the extent to which it changed. But then I put it into full context. Up until then, I was winning at being the good guy. I was doing Christ-like better than he was, or at least how he would define Christ-like. Right? The very fact that there was an atheist trying to do charity fucked up his whole goddamn worldview. And my repeated efforts to diffuse the situation and not fight with him were just exacerbating his unease. I kept outdoing him in the being a good human department. The use of naughty words was the first thing I gave him that he could call a flaw under his warped definition of morality. So, in retrospect, as good as it might have felt, the line about splooging on a Bible actually gave him exactly the exculpation he was after. But you know what? I still can't make myself feel bad about it. After all, it's Christmas. I'm in a giving mood. Even knowing what I know now, I would happily offer to jack off on that pastor's Bible again any time.
1: They're talking about your Jesus. interrupt this broadcast,
0: bring you a special news bulletin. Joining me for headlines tonight are the Lou and Lou to my Lou, Heath Enright and Eli Bosnick. (laughs) Fellas, are you ready to do our favorite stuff?
2: When I'm doing Lou, 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 I'm always picturing myself with an oversized lollipop. I think that's my favorite stuff. (laughs) Okay. Well, you know, Heath, if you insert it slowly enough, they're just the right size lollipop.
0: (laughs) All right. Well, (laughs) it sounds like we need to take a trip into Mr. Wizard's laboratory, so we're going to pause for a quick word from our first sponsor this week, honey. Next. Well, hello there, little boy. Ho ho, 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 Hey there, Santa.
2: So, I made a list of things I'd like, and I sure do hope you bring them to me. Then
1: what do I look like, kid? Honey?
2: Uh, you mean thick? Like the two C's? Because, kind of. Yeah. I mean, that's not like my
1: personal thing, No, but, No, no, like, no, it's no, not good, that kind it's of thick. It's Honey! Look. The one that automatically searches for promo codes online. They're helping pay for $1 million worth of gifts this year. They are? They sure are. Just add Honey to your computer, create a free account, and throw some holiday gifts on your drop list for a chance to win. Honey will randomly select winners and give them the money to buy something on their list. No purchase necessary. You need a PayPal account to redeem the prize. Only valid in the U.S. Giveaway ends 12-21-2020. So
2: what did you put on your list,
1: Santa?
0: Why, milk and cookies, of course. <laughs> right, obviously. I put the new Amazon smart speaker on my drop list. CNN says it looks... I didn't r-
3: ask you, elf guy. I didn't ask you. Oh, Nobody okay. cares.
0: Okay, <laughs> now that, that's
2: that's not very nice. Thanks to honey, I don't need to be nice. Get honey for free at joinhoney.com slash scathing. That's joinhoney.com
3: slash scathing.
1: Now, what were you saying about Santa being thick with two C's? Okay. Because Santa can put it down. It's okay. Put it down. Don't say it again. And now,
0: back to the headlines. In our
2: lead story tonight, Joe Biden got elected president of the United States. What? Again. Again? Like double (laughs) plus extra more president. Yep. Yeah. He won the election part. In November, that was crucial. Then he won a long series of court cases argued by almost crying attorneys and leaky attorneys who <laughs> need a new face gasket <laughs> and women banned from all TGI Fridays locations and also all Marriott hotels. I'm pretty sure <laughs> she was fun. Yeah. Not so much a cracked legal team as it is a cracked legal team at this yeah. point. <laughs> legal team on in crack, some sense, perhaps. Yeah, and then after that, Biden won some more when the Supreme Court ruled that Texas doesn't have to like it. And if
3: <laughs>
2: Texas wants something to cry about; they'll give them something to cry about. And then Biden won again, again, again when the Electoral College certified its final vote this week.
0: Yeah, no. He, he Trump basically made the news sites feel the need to put up the running count on the Electoral College vote too. So, like somehow we got to watch an instant replay with bated breath. It was incredible. <laughs>
2: All right, we got to hand count these electors now, or something. <laughs> <laughs> Some of them were in cardboard. So we finally have our answer. Joe Biden has been officially chosen by the God of the Universe to lead the country forward into our bright future of. Gay communism. It's going to be great. Hell yeah. But that didn't stop a big group of heretical crinos, that's Christians (laughs) in name only, from (laughs) trying to undo the will of the Lord with a protest in Washington, D.C., using (laughs) the magical power of... Circle walking, mm-hmm. yeah. With First the, the courts, then the circle walking. Tune in next week for the official "La La La I Can't Cure You" convention
0: of <laughs> <Yeah>. 2020. <laughs> well, yeah. To be fair though, the, the the circle walking has exactly the same chance of success as Ken Paxton's lawsuit. That's so. <laughs> true.
2: <laughs> so, these fake Christians showed up by the thousands. Uh, technically, you could express that in millions or billions too. <laughs> and their big plan was to overturn the election by conducting a Jericho march, just like the Battle of Jericho from the Book of Joshua in the Old Testament. That is when a mob of Israelites surrounded a city because that city was full of Canaanites who were on God's list of races to exterminate that he really has. And then they did that. They did the extermination. They walked around in circles and blew some trumpets, and the city walls fell down. And that's when they executed every single man, woman, and child and farm animal in Jericho, except for one prostitute who helped their spy team along the way. That's the story of Jericho. It is. That is the story. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And the Christian right of 2020 is pretty sure they're the good guys right now, just like the people in the Bible who had a musical parade of ethnic cleansing. You know, those good guys from the Bible. So. The Trump squad did the same thing to honor that godly event. Well, And to be fair, they did it without masks during a plague, so they are definitely going to kill some women, children, and farm animals. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, right,
0: right. <laughs> Historical accuracy.
2: Yeah. Well, not as much the farm animals, but that's the thing. It, it We'll get to it. They They missed a couple steps. So <laughs> the Circle Walk event had a very prestigious group of speakers to go along with it in D.C. That includes... Anti-choice, god-awful movie maker Abby Johnson, mm-hmm. conservative Christian commentator, and R&B sensation Eric Metaxas. <laughs> pin in that for later. Yeah. Huge yeah. fucking pin in that for later. Oh, we can put
0: all the pins you want into Eric yeah. Metaxas.
2: <laughs> also on the speaker list was convicted felon Michael Flynn. I believe he was the keynote. Mm-hmm. And, of course... Biblical soft rectangle engineer, <laughs> the, the, the fucking my pillow guy. I'm absolutely not looking up his name. And following all that, no doubt, amazing oratory, everyone walked around the U.S. Capitol seven times to stop Joe Biden from winning the election that he's won like eight times now. Wow.
0: Am I the only one that feels like this was all an elaborate, why were you with that prostitute last night excuse that had gone too far?
2: <laughs> <laughs> so you're probably wondering, how did Joe Biden get certified by the Electoral College if these people did the Jericho magic? Jericho mm-hmm. magic, well, yes. Thank yeah, you. right. Great question. Well, unfortunately for the ethnic cleansing LARPers, <laughs> they didn't do their homework. First of all, they were supposed to walk around the Target Once a day for six days, and then walk around it seven times on the seventh day. Yep. Also, the spell doesn't work unless you're carrying the Ark of the Covenant the whole time when you're walking around. That's important. Maybe read the book. Maybe read ahead (laughs) of the book. It's in the book.
0: The answer's in the book.
2: But most importantly, the Jericho thing absolutely never happened. And super motivated archaeologists have checked. Nothing like that. (laughs) Mm -mm. But even if they did get the Ark and the timing right... We all know it wouldn't be possible for Trump supporters to be nice to a prostitute. So the whole point (laughs) is, you know, it's all (laughs) moot. And in white to believe news. A phenomenal call sideways. Thank you. Thank you. The town of Murdoch, Minnesota, voted to allow an officially whites only church to open up in their town this week. Because of everything we've been telling you on this show forever. For the whole I, show.
0: I, I know there's so many questions, but how is this a municipal vote? Good question. <laughs> Good, question.
2: Good question. So, guarantee it involved gerrymandering somehow. <laughs> Seems like it would uh, have to. Yeah. So, here's the story. The church in question is called the Asatru Folk Assembly, and according to their website, quote, Asatru is about roots, ellipses. It's about connections, ellipses. It's about coming home.
0: Okay. First of all, I believe it's Asatru, but it's also so far sounding like you're trying to talk me into trying ayahuasca or something.
2: <laughs> well, they'll fit right in when they get interviewed by Joe Rogan. So that'll yeah,
0: that, <laughs> they will.
2: Right. So in their nonsensical declaration of purpose, item two is the preservation of ethnic European folk and their continued evolution, where they clarify, quote, let us be clear by ethnic European folk. We mean white people. <laughs> <And> quote, <laughs> Who said Slavic? Get the fuck out. This is serious. That's that's definitely that was a huge argument when they had oh, to like, sure. no, We meant we need to clarify we mean white people. And not even Mediterraneans. Like Somebody Mediterranean. get out the paint chips. Let's be clear about this. Yeah. <laughs> they also added in their statement of ethics, quote, we in Asatru support strong, healthy. White family relationships. What? We want our children to grow up to be mothers and fathers to white children of their own. End quote.
0: Woof. Not adding dot 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 siblings, their own siblings, <laughs> but I, I feel like it was implied.
2: Yeah. One last thing about these assholes I just have to mention their symbol is very clearly a swastika, but a fat swastika. Huh. Yeah. But. To be fair, if you did need a symbol for a whites-only church setting up in Minnesota, a fat swastika does kind of fucking nail
0: it, right? Yeah, no, (laughs) it does. Chubby swastika. So, yeah. Put a a scarf on it, and yeah, you nailed it. (laughs) Exactly. So this
2: charming group of folks decided last year that they wanted to set up their Midwest regional center in Murdoch, at which point all the same people in town were like, Really? We're already called Murdoch, Minnesota. Couldn't we host a fucking (laughs) sister fucking convention or something instead? Uh, but no. Sadly, Heath insisted that SisterCon 2020 take place in Cincinnati this year. So last week, the town council voted three to one to allow the bigots to set up their church. Now, you're probably thinking to yourself, okay, Eli, that's shitty, but what does that have to do with the Supreme Court? Well, according to the town, Literally everything. After the vote, an attorney for the city basically said, yeah, we're doing this not to get sued. Quote, yeah, there are certain constitutional protections that apply to religions. I haven't seen any evidence sufficient to overcome the presumption that they are a religion, whether you agree or not. End quote. And the scary part is, according to our current Supreme Court over the last few years, he's
0: absolutely right. Yeah. Yeah, no, especially this iteration we got today. Look, I mean, the the upside is that by letting them do this, we might avoid Supreme Court precedent that explicitly protects it.
4: Yeah,
2: that's actually good news. Wow, that's scary. Right? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, quick reminder of this story. Next time someone tells you that religious freedom is all about live and let live, it's a... Not a slippery slope if you're passing all your examples on the way down. (laughs) Yeah, right. (laughs) And in all lives martyr news. Fantastic. Well done. We have a story about a Christian activist group called Voice of the Martyrs, and they might get us all killed.
0: (laughs) You're doing it backwards,
2: guys. (laughs) So, all right, let's start at the beginning. Let's start with a very basic axiom of life. Don't attach Bibles to balloons and fly them around. Yep. I mean, that's just like a good kindergarten lesson. Sure. It's a stupid thing to be doing. Like, best case scenario is nothing. Yeah, no The ideal good. outcome of that is nothing happens. <laughs> right. But the hell evangelists over at Voice of the Martyrs wanted to know what the worst case scenario would be. And it looks like they found the perfect answer to that question. They created balloon-powered Bible drones for distributing the word of God, and then they sent these unidentified flying objects into North Korean airspace without authorization.
0: Oh, Jesus fucking Christ. Oh,
2: I got to tell you, Heath, I was listening to that whole opening thing being like, okay, that's stupid, but how does it get us killed? There it is. That's stupid, but how does that get us killed? Oh, that's how it (laughs) gets (laughs) killed. Nailed it. Okay, so here's a quick background on Voice of the Martyrs. Their website is... (laughs) Persecution.com. And that tells you pretty much the whole story. Yep. They park on perfectly good porn domains and (laughs) they try to provide aid for people around the world being persecuted for their religion. But they only help the Christian victims of persecution because they're bigots.
0: Well, yeah, I mean, they, they only help Christians, but they don't only help Christians. So.
2: (laughs) Christian music bonfire. And. Their mission statement is oddly self-aware, maybe by accident. It says, we're dedicated to serving our persecuted family worldwide through practical and spiritual assistance. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> we do the spiritual stuff when it seems like someone might get shooty or stabby. You well, know? <laughs> yeah, right. In other words, we're happy to take your donations whether or not we do anything with them.
2: <laughs> yeah, they are. Sadly, it's the practical part of the assistance That's the biggest problem right now. If Voice of the Martyrs was just bilking people out of their money to pay for thoughts and prayers to be sent across the globe, that would be so much fucking better than what they're doing right now. Instead, they're actually going to South Korea, sending makeshift aircraft across the border into North Korea and dropping highly illegal contraband into the backyards of North Korean people. If you get caught with a Bible in North Korea, you can literally be executed as a punishment. Wow. Just a bunch of North Koreans running from the Bible drones, like the scene from
0: North by Northwest. (laughs) Or depending on how their fundraising is going, like the scene in the birds. Yeah, Yeah, it could be a lot of balloons. (laughs) So this
2: might be the dumbest thing that's ever happened. (laughs) Like ever, ever, ever. (laughs) And we do multiple (laughs) shows exploring that exact topic. Yeah, Yeah, we have a
0: story about a fucking coconut that got arrested once. That's (laughs) our whole thing. This still
2: might be the dumbest of all the things. So first of all, if you tell the North Korean state police, it's not my fault, the Samizdat contraband fell out of the sky into my (laughs) yard, that's why I have it, (laughs) it's not going to go very well. Mm -mm. Okay, actually, you know what? First of all, the real first of all, The Bible is stupid and evil. Yeah, okay, yeah, exactly. The possible execution thing. But most importantly, don't send surprise flying stuff at the insane nuclear despot shaped like a literal snowman. That's a bad idea. Even if your balloon technology is better than his rocket technology, still a bad idea. He He probably gets mad about that. Okay. See, now I'm picturing Kim Jong Un trying to float a nuke over to South Korean
0: border <laughs> like Charlie <laughs> Brown flying a kite.
2: Of so <laughs> course, Actually, We're all
0: we're all thinking. Wah, wah, wah. Yeah. <laughs> we're
2: and in Lies of Locke, the moron news.
0: What? Huh? Lies of Locke Lamora. It's a fantasy novel. But you know, I don't, you I don't, think don't thank you enough for loud. keeping our show so relevant and topical. You, I think.
2: Minky, you, you're welcome.
0: Nailing it, Noah.
2: I'll admit it, things can get a little glum here at The Scathing Atheist. Reporting on the increasing power of tax-free, legally protected plague spreaders week after week can get you down. But, like Pretzel Day on The Office, once in a while, we get a real treat. Namely... When the mainstream media finds out about and accidentally interviews one of our crazy assholes.
0: Oh, I love those days.
2: (laughs) And this week, the crazy asshole in question was COVID denying pastor and plague of Dunkin' Donuts worldwide, Greg
0: (laughs) Locke. Well, to be fair, he's, he's a plague of all businesses now.
2: Yeah, he's locked it in. He's so stupid. It's amazing. All right. So. While being interviewed about his COVID-flaunting church services, Pastor Locke doubled down on the idea that COVID-19 is not a pandemic, much to CNN's L Reeves mystification. So, without further ado, we here at The Scathing Atheist would like to present you with that word-for-word interaction right now with commentary from our very own Heath Enright. Okay. Noah, will you be my Pastor Locke?
0: Oh, always. I'm saying the sickness is real. I'm saying the pandemic is not. I don't understand what you mean when you say pandemic's not real.
2: Don't just repeat what you said again. The
0: pandemic is not real. Fuck your face.
2: But what do you think a pandemic is? Not COVID-19. But what do you think a pandemic is? Maybe say it like like an old-timey ghost detective when you say it again.
0: It is no pandemic. There it is.
2: This is where Locke's publicist says from off screen, I think we've stuck on the pandemic question too many times. (laughs) Words are tricky. Words are tricky. So Reeves follows up. Well, why can't you answer it?
0: It's ridiculous. I did. There's no pandemic. COVID-19 is not a pandemic. But what is a pandemic then? (laughs) Not what we're experiencing. Don't say your age right now. I'm forty four no years old. Your, yep, <laughs> we've not is. won in my lifetime, so I don't know, and this is not it.
2: Fuck <laughs> it.
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> Fuck your forty-four year old face. I don't oh, know. I'm angry. I that don't know, that know that what it is. That's now. how I know <laughs> that
0: it's not this. All right. Well I just pretended to be Greg Locke, so I need a break to clean myself. We're gonna pause for a quick word from our second sponsor this week, keeps. All right. Heath Eli, you guys ready to open your presents for me? Sure am. Let's do oh, it. Oh, firing power over Heath? What? No. Fine.
2: Oh, look, it's uh, it it it's hair.
0: Mhm. You got you got Heath and I a box of hair for Christmas. You got hair? Yeah. Yeah. I, I know you guys are thinning a bit up top, so I figured, hey, who has the most luscious locks and and, and could make a donation? This guy with these two thumbs right here.
2: I mean. I, I appreciate it, Noah, but um, um, I, I do not. Just well, for the record, Heath and I already have Keeps. Got you a very fancy toilet seat bidet washlet. What's uh, What's Keeps? It was expensive. I got you the nicest one. I did a lot of research. Keeps said it was like the best. Offers generic versions of the only two FDA-approved hair loss products out there.
0: You may have tried them before, but never for this price. So wait, you can get hair loss medication online and for a good price.
2: Ordered it online. That's where I got these photo things. Treatment. Online. Starts at just $10 a month. Plus, for a limited time, you can get your first month for free. They make it easy and deliver your medication every three months, so you can say goodbye to pharmacy checkout lines and awkward doctor's visits.
0: Wow, that does sound good. Paid for the express
2: shipping, so it got there nice and early for you. So, so if you're really ready to good. take action and prevent hair loss, go to keeps.com slash scathing to receive your first month of treatment for free. That's K-E-E-P-S dot com slash scathing. Oh, well, now my gift seems kind of pointless. Aw, Noah, it's not pointless. Look how much it upset Heath. Oh, that's true. Getting you guys socks next year. <laughs> like, not good ones. Like, scratchy socks.
0: <laughs> a man wrote the Bible? A whore is what you want. If it's a legitimate rape. It makes you a, a slut, slut right? cooking can be fun. Hey, I'm proud of a man.
3: This week in Mississauga. Yeah, I know. I miss you guys, too.
5: And apparently I've been gone so long that these assholes think they're going to get away with it all of a sudden. So let's start with professional bigot and some of the GOP's best friends, Jesse Lee Peterson, who wasn't able to join his fellow conservatives in celebrating the elevation of Amy COVID Barrett to the nation's highest court. While I'm sure he's thrilled to have somebody on board that can join in his disdain for female bodily autonomy, this was overshadowed by the disgust he felt at women having man jobs. Quote, This woman thinks that she's above men and that she is a man and that she can go to work and raise children and be like a man. That is not true, end quote. And while I do agree that that's not true, that doesn't excuse him for saying it. And apparently when he saw that wasn't enough misogyny to coax me back onto the podcast, he also took to the airwaves to lament all all Republican women that were elected to the House of Representatives. Quote, they have weakened the party by putting all of these women in charge. The strength is not in the women, it's in the men, end quote. A statement that would be a lot easier to take seriously in a week that Republican men didn't spend hiding from the term doctor as it applies to women. But Jessie Lee wasn't the only one taking advantage of my absence. My arch nemesis, Lori Alexander, has also been saying words again. Her latest tirade against the evils of her own human rights came in response to a New Yorker cover that you probably saw. It's the one that shows a chick on a Zoom meeting where she's wearing a really nice blouse and has her hair and makeup all done up, but she's wearing gym shorts and flip-flops, and everywhere the camera isn't pointed is a mess of discarded bottles, cats, and discarded masks and gloves. And this humorous illustration of how our lives were transformed in 2020 pissed Lori off because that panracial bitch on the cover didn't have no babies on our teats. Quote, Many women no longer are good housekeepers. Instead of nurturing babies, they are nurturing cats. They find their escape through alcohol. Blah, blah, blah. Feminism is Marxist. Blah, blah, blah. And then she concludes, quote, with a cluttered home, only cats to cuddle with, and a cold screen to stare at with a drink in their hands, they are finding that their lives are more empty and meaningless rather than fulfilling, end quote. Now, Keep in mind that this is the same piece of shit that celebrated the plague that's killing thousands of people a day because it was forcing some working mothers to stay home with their kids now that they were laid off and uncertain how they would provide for their families. And look, Lori, you pissed me off plenty before. Hell, you achieved arch nemesis status years ago, and I bet your pampered ass thought I was going hard on you before. But now you've come after cat mommies, and I can't have that. You can have my freedom, but you'll never take my chonkers. The gloves are coming off, Lori. And I mean that metaphorically. There's no way I'd get within 20 fucking feet of you without proper PPE. And on that note, and with another promise not to make it so long in between visits, I'll hand things back over to Noah, Heath, and Eli.
0: Thank you, Lucinda. Next up in headlines in the The Right's the Right, Left, the Left news tonight. (laughs) Here's hoping you got plenty (laughs) of mileage out of all that religious freedom you had earlier this month because if you're an atheist in America... You're about to have less of it. Yep. And that's thanks to yet another Trump administration rule change that tells the non-religious to lame duck themselves. The new rules loosen restrictions that kept religious groups that receive taxpayer money for secular services from forcing their religious views on people while so doing. So, in other words, those secular services no longer need to be secular.
2: Right, but... They still have to keep that taxpayer money in a separate pile of money until they use it, right? So.
0: Yeah, oh, well, uh, yeah, right, secular exactly.
2: Secular America.
0: Yeah, this, this new change affects nine federal agencies and does away with a series of regulations meant to keep taxpayer money from directly funding religious proselytization. So, like, in the past, the rule said that a religious group providing services had to refer clients elsewhere if they said they were uncomfortable with the religious affiliation of that group. In the past, the rules required those groups to tell people receiving services that they didn't have to participate in religious activities to get them. In the past, the sole provider for secular services in an area couldn't be religious. This new change would eliminate all of those protections.
2: Okay, I mean, good, like libertarian. It's about time we got rid of all the red tape around... This is charity, and this is bribery. Like,
3: whatever. This is America. These
2: are the words I want. Okay, so we're starting a bunch of Satanist charities with mandatory milk ceremonies at the beginning, right? Just to uh,
0: get this nipped in the bud real quick. Yeah, right, yeah. Now, as egregious as this is, the true villainy of it can only really be appreciated when you contextualize it with the lead story from last week, which allowed all federal contractors a right to discriminate as long as they did so religiously. And as blatantly illegal as that sounds, it's pretty much already got the SCOTUS seal of approval. This means that the ultimate decision of who has access to taxpayer-funded services is going to wind up in the hands of churches and religious groups all over the country. LGBTQ people, for example, will be forced to pay churches to discriminate against them.
2: More. In a new sense. I guess a
0: bit more than they're already, like they're already doing but more so.
2: Yeah, great. So, religion can, eat its cake and have it too, and refuse to sell it to same-sex couples. Great. And miscegenated couples and Jewish people. Uh, Fantastic. And And, and then when those gay Jewish miscegenated couples are starving for cake, the charity that those same people run can make them sit through a prayer about how terrible they are before they get – any of the cake they're starving yep. for because they didn't get
0: it. The if they decide to give them some. Yep. Yeah. And, and much like the rule change that we discussed last week, it's important to remember that these changes cannot be undone immediately. I mean, the Biden administration is definitely going to change these rules back as soon as they can, but there are required public comment periods and, and hurdles that have to be overcome along the way. There are studies that you have to do, et cetera, et cetera. So this will take place and it will be in effect long enough to gravely affect some people's lives. Also, the Biden administration is going to have so much egregious shit to undo that who the fuck knows where this winds up under the uh, egregious shit triage, mm-hmm. right? So look forward to plenty of depressing Trump era stories on this show well into the Biden administration. <laughs> we have an egregious shit triage industry
2: that we have to have now. Yep. yep that's been created. An egregious shit triage administration. Yeah, huh. exactly. Yeah. Okay, well, next up in headlines, I got a fun one for you. You do have a fun one for yeah, you. Actually, yeah, mm, this is fun. Eric Metaxas, the R&B sensation <laughs> that we were talking about earlier, remember <laughs> the pin? He made a song, and it is aggressively bad. Yeah, it it's so fucking bad. It's a remake of "Mary Did You Know" by Pentatonix, and for those who aren't familiar, Pentatonix is an acapella band, so not a great start. <laughs> Eric Metaxas needs to have so many more than zero instruments playing while his voice is happening, <laughs> yes. especially when his version is called Biden, Did You Know?, and it's about how the Democrats
0: <laughs> stole the election. Mm, a word of advice, Eric, don't tempt people to take you on in song. When you're a perpetually swollen human whose name rhymes with anaphylaxis, right?
3: <laughs>
2: He doesn't know that word. Okay, but now, based on how we now know that he sings, I am prepared to believe that when he sucker punched that guy, he was, in fact, just trying to dance with him. So... <laughs> There's the twist. So, this thing is both horrible and delightful at the oh, same time. Oh, yeah. Like, musically... <laughs> It's the longest three minutes of my life, but <laughs> emotionally, it's fucking fantastic, because I got to watch Eric Metaxas descend into madness music, musically. From <laughs>
4: Eric Metaxas, like, it's from where amazing. he starts.
2: <laughs> he, he, he's just naming random conspiracy stuff he heard and try, trying to vaguely smoosh it into a piece of music that he clearly doesn't know well enough mm, to smoosh yes. into, and <laughs> the energy of the video he made never lines up with the meaning of the lyrics that he's trying to sing. Like, he starts out, he's all pumped up. He's getting his face right up in the camera. Like, you know that bass player nobody can name who gets five seconds in a music video one time, (laughs) and he's doing weird angles and faces, and he's getting right on the camera. He's doing that, but then he realizes he's almost weeping because he's actually singing a lament to Joe Biden. That's the song. <laughs> yeah. It's like he's Eponine doing On My Own, but he's doing the <laughs> bass player thing. It's crazy. But just in case you start to empathize with any of Eric Metaxas's deep sadness, <laughs> every so often in the video, they show you a cardboard cutout, a life size cardboard cutout of the My Pillow guy yep. in his house. Eric Metaxas clearly owns that and displays it prominently
0: in his house. <laughs> well, worse yet, that's the video's sponsor. The My Pillow guy is holding up a <laughs> pillow on which is written a promo code. That's a promo mm-hmm. code. This whole thing is literally a My Pillow commercial.
3: It is.
2: <laughs> it really is, though. Okay, but guys, the long tail marketing crossover is insane on that video, right? Like if he had cut open the pillow and inside was a bunch of ultra brain pills, 100% <laughs>
3: customer retention.
2: Yeah, so full disclosure, I just I can't stop watching it. I I, I watched it so many times. I went through it maybe 10 times yesterday, <laughs> and it's been stuck in my head ever since. I think my favorite part is watching Eric Metaxas slowly realize on camera that you can't just create a good piece of music because you feel like it, even if you pretty much completely steal it from real musicians. But he keeps trying new stuff that doesn't work. Like he's dancing for a second and then he immediately has to stop. He has to (laughs) give up on dancing on camera. He he does a recitative
0: for a little bit. It's fucking amazing. It plays like there's somebody off camera who has to like repeatedly hold up a sign that says, Sing, don't talk. It's it's what happens when there just is no
2: shame anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Seriously, if you are an artist who is like going through a block right now, you need this video in your life. You will finish your novel by midnight tonight, just making up words like Shakespeare. No
4: backspaces to use.
2: He is a creative laxative, absolutely. (laughs) And I hate to end this on a sad note, but I just tried to watch it again earlier today, and apparently it got taken down for, well, directly lifting huge chunks of the Pentatonix music video, Mm -hmm. which is probably for the best, now that I think about it. I mean, I like acapella music way more than the appropriate amount, but here's the thing. If I wanted to watch Eric Metaxas' Doing acapella, trying to get a hand job from a college kid in a North Face jacket and New Balance sneakers. I'd go to Liberty University. Good <laughs> <laughs> I not even see the My Pillow guy in the background. Oh, well, yeah, <laughs> <That's actually. laughs>
3: Does
2: this hand job have a promo code? <laughs> Can we prorate it? And in Fuck Hole Your Seatbelts news. Nice. Right wing radio host and COVID proof pastor who totally got COVID, E.W. Jackson took to his show this week to explain how planes work. And surprise, surprise, it is not however planes work. <laughs> yeah, lift. I actually,
0: anyways, it turns out
2: that planes stay in the air because of Christian
0: prayers. Yeah, why, <laughs> why else would it be wing and, uh, damn it? <laughs>
2: I knew it. I knew we prayed down those planes over Pennsylvania. 9-11 was a magical duel with Islam, and we lost. I fucking knew it. Yeah, so after begrudgingly admitting that he's grateful for the scientific breakthroughs like medicine or aeronautics, he says, quote, but, but they, he means people who build airplanes, still only know a little about a little. And God knows everything about everything. Well, there you go. And when I get on that plane, you know what I'm saying? What are you saying? Lord, touch the pilot. Lord, guide Mm, their hands. They don't like that. Lord, give them judgment. Lord, give them wisdom. If there is any kind of emergency, help them to know what to do in the situation. Surround this plane with your
0: angels. (laughs) Every time one of his planes lands, he looks around at the other passengers. You're welcome. (laughs) Angels.
2: Great work, everybody. Okay, now everybody pray for uh, everyone to stand up at the exact same time for no reason. <laughs> and the
0: aisle. Even the people sitting on the inside when I'm on the outside. Yeah, what the... Do you need to you get go? up? Do you need to get up? Where are you going to go? <laughs> where, where are you going to go right there? Gonna, are we gonna? I'm sorry, are we going to take turns getting off the plane like every other plane ever?
2: Okay. You need to get oh. next to this very sweaty man who's pressed up against <laughs> me. <laughs> My name is Eli. <laughs> he continues quote you have some idiot getting on the plane i don't believe in god i believe in science these scientists know what to
0: do these pilots know what to that's do that's what i always say when i get on a plane <laughs> i'm totally doing this exact monologue next time i get on a plane wait what's the rest of it <laughs> these, these aeronautical engineers know what to do i trust in them what do we really
2: need to talk about god for We don't need God. Look at what we did. That's the fool. (laughs) Ma'am, ma'am, do you have a minute to talk about aeronautical (laughs) engineers? Let's get into this. That if something goes wrong on that airplane, his life is saved because a believer was on that airplane praying and saying, Lord, I am under your protection. And somehow, miraculously, everybody gets out alive. And some idiot has the nerve to say, "Isn't what we can do with
0: science amazing?" <laughs> okay, wait, what? All right, okay. E. W. Jackson, you said Christians don't get COVID. You got COVID. The very next thing that you say is Christians can't die in fiery plane crashes. Have you learned nothing, man? Say oh. more stuff. Say stuff. <laughs> They can't
2: have them. Yeah. Noah, you are a you. step ahead of me, because this is a very testable plane. What about cobras? <laughs> what about snakes on a fucking plane, man? <laughs> Tell us about that. Yeah. So, EW, if you're listening, and we know you are, because I cleverly disguised this podcast on Twitter as a gay OnlyFans account, and we know how much you love those, <laughs> I accept your challenge. We will fly on a plane powered by science, and you... We'll fly in a plane powered by prayer. First one to not die wins. Go! <laughs> yes. We are we are well, racing. He's not going to die. <laughs> he's he's going to sit there on the
0: top. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, i was saying, we'll we'll be the ones that wind up in the air. We'll be in way more danger. We'll be at risk. All right, and finally tonight in Deep in the Night News. Former Congresswoman and creepy painting with eyes that follow you around, Michelle Bachman, was at a political rally in Georgia last Friday trying to rally the Republican vote ahead of the uh, uh, January Senate runoff, and her message to rally-goers can best be summed up as, votes are routinely stolen, your participation may or may not count, none of it really matters.
2: <laughs> That's true, yep. Republicans of Georgia. Yeah. yeah,
0: And and if you think that she was accusing Democrats of stealing the votes, by the way, I think you've momentarily forgotten how fucking crazy Michelle Bachmann is because she cut out the middleman and pinned the vote stealing directly on Satan.
2: On Satan?
0: Really? Yep. yep.
2: The magical demon stole just enough votes to get a runoff <laughs> but
3: not win
2: for the team that Satan wanted? That would, like, cover his tracks because mm-hmm. it, would be, it would be like... Double? Oh, well, excuse Satan for having a sense of drama, he that right? <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay. he was building uh, a moment dramatically. Exactly. That's yeah, right. Right,
0: right. Okay. That's right. The great horned one has thrown his weight around the American political arena once again, and Bachman assures us that we've already seen the fruits of his labor. After all, on election night, we all collectively witnessed, quote, Satan's snatching away from America rule by the consent of the governed, adding, quote, Satan was stealing from us our right to vote. I am highly offended, insulted, angry, and I'm not going to stand for the fact that my vote was stolen. End quote. Okay. If
2: David Perdue and Kelly Leffler aren't good enough for Satan, that's not our fault. <laughs> <laughs> Run for better candidates, man. <laughs> If the GOP can't beat a black guy and a Jewish guy in fucking Georgia, they deserve to be tormented by a demon forever, <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> I mean, to be fair, they deserve to be tormented by a demon forever for other reasons. Well, no, that's really, already yeah, have yeah, that Point Extra now.
0: But yeah, as terrifying as it is to have so many prominent Republicans fanning the flames of this fascist fraud fantasy, it comes with the silver lining that outshines the rest of the goddamn cloud, because all over the state of Georgia, Democrats are talking about John Ossoff, Raphael Warnock, and control of the goddamn Senate, and Republicans are talking about Donald Trump, Satan, and how fraudulent elections in the U.S. are and it kind of leaves me feeling warm and fuzzy inside because I really didn't think Michelle was going to get me anything this year. (laughs) (laughs) So so I I I guess i got to jump on Amazon and find out if I normalize her as a thing, so we're going to close the headlines there. Eli, thanks as always. (laughs) Joe Osteen Tooth Surfboard. When we come back, we'll learn that toe-tapping sometimes means that you're just impatient for the fucking song to end. Hey, podcast listener, as you might already know, we raised a fuck ton of money to help win back the Senate last month on the Cognitive Dissonance Save the Senate live stream. But more importantly,
2: we beat Andrew and Thomas. We beat Andrew and Thomas. Exactly. Yes, yes we did.
0: We did. But many of you reached out either because you didn't have a chance to give or because you didn't want to choose between us.
2: Foolish. You chose us, obviously. Obviously, yes, yeah, we that's, that's correct.
0: Well, luckily, this Sunday, December 20th, you don't have to choose because Thomas and Andrew are hosting their very own live stream to save the Senate from 4 to 7 p.m. Eastern with a whole new slate of guests who you can feel much better about crushing with your generosity.
2: Oh, no, Ross and Kerry. More like, oh, no, we raised way less
0: money than the puzzle in a thunderstorm audience. Okay. Yeah. Now, our segment is from 6.30 to 7 p.m., and we'd love to finish strong. So whether you didn't get a chance to donate last time, you've got a little extra cash to give, or you just want to do some good while your favorite shows are still on the team, head over to the Opening Arguments YouTube channel and give during our segment.
2: Again, that's 6.30 p.m. Eastern, this Sunday, December 20th.
0: Because after all, the only thing we want to crush more than Andrew and Thomas is Mitch McConnell. Yeah, no,
2: that's fair. That is fair.
0: Over on our sister show, God Awful Movies, we break down the very worst that Christian cinema has to offer, but movies are far from the only thing that Christians are terrible at. They suck at short films, books, comics, stand-up comedy, TV shows, music, hell, if there was a thing called Christian blinking, it would somehow suck, which is why we occasionally (laughs) borrow that show's format for a segment that we call God Awful Music. So tell us, Heath, what will we be breaking down today?
2: We listened... To Christmas is for children, the song, but not the 1968 version by Glenn Campbell. Different nope. song. We listened <laughs> to some random song that Eli fixated on from a gam movie mm-hmm. that we- not even Google knows about. Nope. So nope. I, yeah. I haven't even heard this song because <laughs> I couldn't even physically find it. I don't know. I've, I have no idea. I've seen the lyrics now. Eli, put them, okay. put them in a thing. So for clarity... This little ditty comes from the opening credits to Chip Rossetti's The Borrowed Christmas, which we just reviewed over on our sister show, God Awful Movies. It's free on Prime if you want to listen. But more importantly, I've thought about this song every day since that review, and I need to finally give it its (laughs) due. All
0: right. Okay. So, Eli, how bad was this music?
2: Well, if you love listening to the You're My Cupcake song while you admire your Lady bending over lawn ornaments and drinking caramel straight from a jar. Interesting. You will love you've, your song. You've painted me a picture, Eli. You've painted me a picture. <laughs> if eating an entire ice cream cake in one sitting could be music, it would be this song. Okay,
0: uh, Okay. I, I reject that analogy because that just means that this song is too much of a good thing. But okay, so, <laughs> yeah. so we're going to start off. In in this song, like any good essay would, stating the premise. So <clears throat> the song starts,
2: Christmas is defined by the dictionary.
0: <laughs> <laughs> So Christmas is for children who believe in Santa Claus. And we made it two lines before the Jews can fuck themselves. Yeah, yep. <laughs> oh, but we only made it one line before the Catholics found somebody they could fuck. Alright, so so the lyrics continue as though Kris Kringle had a gun to the songwriter's head, <laughs> and snowflakes on the window panes, stockings filled with candy canes, and puppies showing just their nose and paws. What? Really gruesome if you picture it wrong. Well, yeah, so the, I'm sure it was that line that Eli w- was obsessing over, and that's the reason that we're doing Because because that, that <laughs> sounds like a trying-to-escape pose to me, right? <laughs>
2: it does. Okay, so just to review, it's Christmas, no Jewish people allowed, and there's a puppy in a pillory just locked <laughs> in.
3: <laughs> that's a weird start. Exactly
2: okay, yes. the stage is set for a Christmas song.
0: Go. <laughs> All right. Well, so that's four whole lines now with different lyrics in each one. So the song has to kind of repeat itself a little bit here. Next lyric goes: Christmas is for children who can't wait to trim the tree and paper chains and shiny lights and jingle bells and silent nights. Really, plural. Um, like they can't wait to silent nights. Yeah, what, they can't what's wait, wait to paper chains. <laughs> what are we even trying to say, motherfuckers? <laughs> Sure hope Santa brings me a verb tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> right. And and special times with friends and family. Christmas is for children like me. That's now you see why I said family like that. Yeah. yeah of the stupid <laughs> rhymes in this fucking song sung by the way by a full-grown woman right so yes christmas is for children like me mm. full-grown woman who believes in santa claus if we're <laughs> in the first line here
2: <laughs> and in the music video for this i'm pretty sure this is where she's online for a mall santa and gets into a violent altercation with a child about back cuts and what's <laughs> allowed that <sort> of thing. <laughs> i mean i'm pretty sure that was you he it was me that was me it didn't have to be violent. The, that kid chose I was being cool for it. The kid <laughs> escalated, and then I escalated. Oh well, yeah. And it was, to, he started, you know, looked like, like a
0: punk. He was very large. <laughs> All right, so the son continues blurting out words like Mrs. Claus having a stroke. Silver bells and new white snow, put your finger on the ribbon while I tie the bow. Okay. Yeah, because dribble your eggnog all over my tits didn't rhyme. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's not like the lack of rhyme has stopped them before. Eggnog,
5: you Warning, the following podcast doesn't just contain adult language. It's brought to you by adult language.
0: This week's episode of The Scathing Atheist is brought to you by adult language. Blue Apron. And by Tony D's House of October surprises. Call me, Rudy. I'm I'm not saying I could do good, I'm just saying I could do better than the guy you got now. And now the Scathing Atheist. It's the Simpsons Watch Along Podcast, because Professor Frank would agree with Professor Farnsworth that we did in fact evolve from filthy monkey men. <laughs> It's October 22nd.
2: And it's International Caps Lock Day. Yeah, for when you're losing a Facebook fight, but you want to lose it loudly. (laughs) I have no illusions. I'm Eli Bosnick. I'm Heath Enright. (laughs) And from Jason Voorhees, New Jersey, Cincinnati Swing State, and Good Husband, Georgia, this is the Scathing Atheist. On this week's episode, California churches assure us that it's been votes and prayers this whole time. Donald Trump demands to have fact-checkers from The Onion at the final debate.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And Don Ford will be here to talk about hemorrhoids. But first,
2: the diatribe.
0: Did you ever hear about the time that Tony Perkins offered to buy a homeless guy a burger, but wouldn't spring for the fries? Okay, how about the time that Eric Prince helped his elderly neighbor carry out his trash, but left the heaviest bags for the neighbor? Okay, one more. One more. What about that one time when the asshole who started the Proud Boys helped an old lady cross the street, but got bored three quarters of the way through and gave up on her? Never heard of any of them, huh? I'd be tempted to say we don't tend to write up international headlines about the times when otherwise immoral people who head immoral organizations do somewhat good things half-assedly. But if that was the case, why the fuck would I know about the Pope just now endorsing civil unions? My God, how low is the bar for this guy? Right? How I'd love to have a job where I was graded on the same curve as the fucking Pope. Half the time, the podcast is just like meaningless random words from 10 feet away from the microphone. The other half, it's me trying to explain the extenuating circumstances around my latest conviction. And yet somehow I'm getting record downloads and all the reviews say, well, at least he's not an ex-Nazi who's directly involved in the child rape cover up. It must be nice. But yeah, Wednesday morning I wake up to the late breaking news, and by that I mean pretty goddamn late to be breaking, that the Pope tacitly endorsed civil unions for same-sex couples, unofficially. right? Like, this statement apparently came in a documentary called Francesco about how awesome the guy running the history's largest child rape cabal is. And at some point the Pope says, quote, homosexuals have a right to be part of the family. They're children of God and have a right to a family. Nobody should be thrown out or be made miserable because of it, adding, quote, what we have to create is a civil union law. That way they are legally covered, end quote. And that statement has even left-wing media outlets praising his moral authority. I did Think about what a tepid, condescending, backhanded declaration this really is. First of all, having the right to a family is the single most basic goddamn thing you can imagine, right? Like he's exactly one unit of recognition above. They have the right to use all the oxygen in the atmosphere without paying for it. He's saying we shouldn't actively disown them and implied at the end of that sentence is anymore. Right. You and I don't have to make statements like this because nobody assumes we would endorse disowning your brother for being gay. Think about how baseline awful a human you have to be before that would be anybody's default assumption. And, And as if that's not bad enough already, keep in mind that he only means this conditionally. He's certainly not saying they have a right to adopt children. Right. He's the head of the organization most directly responsible for inhibiting adoption by same sex couples. So when he says they have a right to a family, there's a huge unspoken asterisk weighing down the back half of that fucking sentence. What's more, he stopped shy of endorsing equality, right? His big moral revelation is that gay people should have some kind of separate but equal form of marriage. His endorsement is for civil unions, the don't ask, don't tell of the marriage debate. But wait, don't let me oversell it, right? Because it's not like the policy of the Catholic Church has changed, It will no doubt continue to be the single largest contributor in the world to campaigns against marriage equality. Their official policy remains that Catholic teachings cannot, quote, lead in any way to approval of homosexual behavior or to legal recognition of homosexual unions, end quote. And as if we need to douse the embers of commendability even more at this point, this isn't even new. In 2013, he famously asked his press pool, who am I to judge when asked about LGBTQ relationships? He's flirted with acceptance here and there in the past, but never beyond the boy shucks, I sure do wish I wasn't actively oppressing you level. And yet, despite the fact that his words are too little, too late, impotent, insincere and unexceptional, the Washington Post called his statement a remarkable shift. The New York Times went with extraordinary, Vox dubbed it groundbreaking. Meanwhile, not a goddamn one of them even acknowledged the irony of printing the ethical pronouncements of a man who is still, this very day and hour, harboring child rapists from justice. One would be hard-pressed to find an institution anywhere in the world directly responsible for more evil than the Catholic Church. Right, like I'd say impossible if we're counting all of history. But damn hard, even if you restrict yourself to, like, my lifetime. And yet when the head of that institution makes an off-the-cuff comment about some of his best friends being gay, the world's media trip over themselves in their rush to write a flattering puff piece about it and slap it on the front fucking page of their websites and papers. Of course, we all know where this comes from. Right. It's rooted in the same perverse sense of fairness that had mainstream media outlets reporting both sides of the climate change debate until it was too late to solve the problem. It's the same misguided attempt at balance that has to pretend both sides of the political aisle are equally responsible for the vitriolic political climate. It's the same fallacious bullshit that gives equal credence to both the truth and the lie. American media have had to spend an awful lot of time talking about the institutionalized protection and enablement of kid rape. It's crazy newsworthy. When you consider the scale of the problem, both geographically and temporally, it's one of the most evil things ever done in human history. So obviously the media had to talk about it a lot. Right. like It's remained newsworthy for decades now, and there's no sign it's about to drop out of the news cycle. And that leaves a lot of people in the media really uncomfortable. They're always talking about the bad side of Catholicism. So they feel the need to also talk about the good side, even if they have to exaggerate, misdirect or outright mislead to get there. And I hate that I have to point this out, but there's no goddamn way to lie your way to the truth. They're talking
1: about your Jesus.
0: Interrupt this broadcast and bring you a special news bulletin. Joining me for headlines tonight are the Tetra and Hydro to Mike Heath Enright, and Eli Bosnick. Fellas, are you ready to say hi?
2: I'm not an asshole.
0: <laughs> you think I'm an asshole? I th- See what you did there, Heath. <laughs> and speaking of drugs, recreational or otherwise, I wanted to wish Sarah Rose luck while she's recovering from her surgery. The good news, Sarah Rose, is that Jeff loves you. He's right there. You have him entirely wrapped around your little finger. So milk this shit and make him do stuff for you. He wants to do stuff for you. And also get better soon. But not too soon, um, because if it turns out you have mutant healing, the government will come after that's, you. No, there. that's true. Yeah, no, so, yeah. yeah. Pace yeah. yourself. Pace yourself.
2: And use it for the favors. Like we're in a work it. really. Right. Work yeah. it. Well, exactly. It's yeah. quarantine. What are you gonna do? Recover and then fucking sit at home? <laughs> Boring. Yeah. Boo. Chill. Get into <laughs> some weird stuff with the favors. Make up some in <laughs> our lead story tonight. <laughs> <laughs> it is no secret that the Republican Party can only exist by bribing votes from single-issue white Christian zealots. And that's been working for pretty much my whole life for the Republican Party. But now their candidate for president is so goddamn objectionable that they also added disenfranchising pretty much everyone else besides single-issue white Christian zealots, and he's still not winning in the polls. So Trump tossed in a threat of neo-Nazi terrorism if he loses, and claim that mail-in ballots don't count anyway because there's mythical rampant voter fraud that that somehow only helps Democrats. Yeah, right? Still losing despite all that stuff. So now we have Christian right churches putting up illegal ballot collection boxes, <laughs> thus creating the mythical fraud for real, but on the other side. Like, funny feeling they're not going to be helping Democrats on this one. Yeah. <laughs> What I love about this is that churches are so used to having no laws apply to them that they cannot wrap their heads around the fact that they can't just declare themselves a polling place. No. Right. right. It's They're like, no, problem. I'll get a voting machine. Let's make it fucking happen. Yeah, yeah, right. Yes.
0: Exactly. <laughs> well, honestly, they confirmed Barrett to the fucking court, and I sincerely believed we were a polling place as a 50-50 shot of passing musters. Yeah, that's so. fair. That is Absolutely fair.
2: Absolutely. Sincerely held ballots. <laughs> fucking great. So <laughs> just in case it wasn't obvious, do not – Bring your ballot to a church <laughs> and drop it in their box of church and state. That's, that's <laughs> not a thing. But that didn't stop Freedom's Way Baptist in Santa Clarita, California, from constructing a counterfeit ballot box with a sign that said, Official Ballot drop box." Wow. And then posting photographic evidence of their felony-level fraud on Facebook. The box also said, approved and provided by the GOP, collected by a Republican official. And that was right next to their Johnson Amendment-violating posts about the Christian right Republicans you're supposed to vote for, which was right next to their posts about the the opposite of Black Lives Mattering, whatever that would be. Uh-huh. Yeah, right. And that's just one example of one church. Apparently, these unipartisan vote-harvesting drop boxes for the GOP are getting reported all over California and probably not getting reported elsewhere by the, the local news of fucking mud junction, wherever the fuck, but I'm sure it's happening. And yeah. just imagine if this was a mosque yep. and not a church. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I think we know the only solution here, gentlemen, we need Satanist ballot
0: boxes yep. in
2: the shape of Baphomet spreading his cheeks. <laughs> Let's make <look> it,
0: it. <laughs> It's amazing how many problems that would solve, honestly. Right?
2: Done. So this shouldn't be a surprise to anyone. I mean, just think about that Johnson Amendment I was talking about. These churches are saying to themselves, okay, well, we're a a giant taxpayer-subsidized illegal super PAC for the GOP, but legal somehow. And we send the government TikTok videos of our crimes, and that's super fun. But it feels like we're making this electoral terrorism harder than it needs to be. (laughs) Yeah, steal the votes directly, right? So either that works, and votes are being handled by a pastor and then a GOP vote collector guy, or it doesn't work, in which case it does work because it's evidence of mail-in voter fraud. Yeah. The president of the United States and his party are going for the old shitting yourself to get a fecal mistrial technique as a campaign strategy. That's yeah. where we're at.
0: Well, well, not just as a campaign strategy. We're so doing totally a lot of there. different stuff related to those It's a whole brand. Words. It's a pandemic response strategy. <laughs> Foreign policy. And
2: in religion of five easy pieces news, the religion of peace, that's Islam, is at it again oh, this week. Islam? Yeah. Mm-hmm. You wouldn't? Yep. It, well, anyways, they're at it again <laughs> this week when... In response to a beloved Parisian history teacher showing caricatures of the Islamic prophet Muhammad during a discussion of free speech and the Charlie Hebdo murders, a radical Islamic terrorist followed him home and cut his head off. Wow. All right. Yeah, just give me a second. I'm going to update the scoreboard. Um, Yeah, go ahead. 21st century secular beheadings. No, still zero. Okay, religious beheadings. All of them. Great. Great. Okay. Why are we playing this game? Maybe a 10-run rule? I don't yeah, know. But yeah. What do we call it?
0: Despite their marketing, they're not super into mercy. Yeah, that is, that's an issue. Nope. Now, the killer was
2: shot to death when he attacked the police with an air rifle as they tried to arrest him. But so far, the French government has detained 15 additional suspects and counting, including... Locals who are accused of issuing a fatwa against the teacher, four students who identified the teacher to his killer for payment, and an investigation is underway against the ironically named Collective Against Islamophobia in France. Huh. Okay, well, technically, they're kind of nailing it. The, the fear of Islam is very rational
0: and now like <laughs> extra, extra fucking rational they are yeah, no. mailing taking it taking the phobia right out of that fear yeah. yeah. and it's worth pointing out that
2: all of this takes place against the backdrop of the week where the folks who provided weapons to the Charlie Hebdo terrorists are on trial right? it can be easy to be stuck in the ameri view that Christo-fascists are the only folks to worry about but I think this story as well as you know, most of the other ones we've been reporting on for the last seven plus true. years is that yeah. when you're looking for brutal murder for no reason,
0: any old religion will do, people. Any old religion. Well, I mean, it's not all the religions all of the time. It's 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 all the religions all of the times they have even the slightest whiff of power. It's to, yeah. it the prerequisite. Mm-hmm. And in Skeptics with 3K's news tonight. With Biden leading by double digits in (laughs) national polls, thank you, consistently leading in all the swing states that matter, and given an 87% chance of winning by 538 as of this record, Trump has opted for a new line of attack in hopes of shifting this election after having failed in his efforts to paint his opponent as a socialist, a communist, a capitalist, but in a bad way, mentally unfit, anti-police, anti-American, Kabbalist puppet, Bernie Sanders, and Mr. Rogers, but... Again, in a bad way, he launched a new attack, warning his supporters that Biden will, quote, listen to science and, quote, pause for audible gasp, gasp and gasp. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck is he picturing? Just like a, a
2: secret back room full of data smoking cigars <laughs> and pulling his <laughs> Flash cut to Anthony Fauci sadly putting away his hand puppets. Well, that's four weekends of classes wasted. Yeah, Wasted. Right.
0: Right. So, yeah, this ominous proclamation came during a rally with thousands in attendance on Sunday, where Trump demonstrated his commitment to not listening to scientists by having a rally with thousands in attendance. <laughs> yep. But in case it wasn't clear to everybody, he doubled down warning rally goers that Biden is, quote, going to lock down. He's going to want us to lock down. He'll listen to the scientists. And then when the collective retching and booing died down, he added, <laughs> If I listened to the scientists, we would right now have a country that would be in a massive depression instead of we're like a rocket ship. Oh, really? The challenger? <laughs> we're <a rocket> ship? <laughs> he concludes, take a look at the numbers, end quote. Okay, I'm looking. Was he done? <laughs> <laughs> of, end quote?
2: Oh maybe it's everyone says our case numbers are
0: soaring. Like there you go yeah or unemployment numbers yeah <laughs> if by like a rocket ship krunk means not tethered to anything happening here on earth i guess he nailed it uh but it is as it stands we are very much in a depression and when he says take a look at the numbers i'm sure that's because if you take a look at the letters as well they're going to spell out what a terrible <laughs> fucking job he's done with this pandemic okay but to his
2: credit look at the numbers, is a bluff that's going to pay off with any Trump supporter
0: at this point in history. <laughs> All right. though no, that's fair. A spokesperson for the Biden campaign reached out to Trump and promised to return the silver platter when they were done with it, tweeting, quote, <laughs> This is tellingly out of touch and the polar opposite of reality. Trump crashed the strong economy he inherited from the Obama-Biden administration by lying about and attacking the science, and layoffs are rising. Meanwhile, Joe Biden will create millions more jobs than Trump. and tweet. Biden himself chose a more laconic response, simply tweeting the headline out that Trump warned that he'd listened to the scientists and added dot, dot, dot. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and speaking
2: of tweeting out headlines, yeah, speaking of silver
0: platters
2: <laughs> in Peel the Onion News, <laughs> oh. Area man believes headline that starts with the phrase area man because (laughs) he doesn't know how the Internet works. And that area man is the president of the goddamn United States in the most perfect encapsulation of his stupid fucking existence and our stupid fucking tragic reality. Donald Trump accidentally made the most honest statement of his career last week when he retweeted an article from a Christian satire site. Indicating that the man in charge of our nuclear launch codes actually believed that Twitter turned itself off, like yep. with a switch, in order to stop the spread of negative news about Joe Biden. <laughs> ah, I've said it before and I'll say it again. If we could just get CNN to publish Trump won't drink the stuff under the sink because he's chicken, this whole thing solves <laughs> <stops> itself, <laughs> people.
0: A, I, I know you're desperately trying for hyperbole, Eli, but. If you recall, he literally suggested that. That's what uh, uh, happened.
2: Our job has been hard. For four it's years. been really fucking hard. It's been hard. Yep. I would like to talk about <laughs> President Joe Biden, please. Well, you can't. This, <laughs> this whole thing actually really happened in real reality. Trump retweeted an article from the Babylon Bee with the headline. Twitter shuts down entire network to slow spread of negative Biden news. And here's the actual words from the leader of the country to go along with that article that he retweeted. Quote, Wow, this has never been done in history. This includes Biden's really bad interview last night. Why is Twitter doing this? Bring more attention to Sleepy Joe and Big T. I guess Twitter is Big T in his head. End quote. With absolutely no winky face characters, there's yeah, no course. This was yep. not
0: sarcastic. Yep. Yeah. Well, I mean, he's right in that it's never been done in history. That, okay. <laughs> Technically correct.
2: Yes. And I know the president. He's just trying to live up to Sarah Palin's voluminous devouring of all the media. But here's what it says in that article that he shared unironically: "Quote." After seeing account after account tweet out one especially bad story about Biden, Twitter CEO Jack Dorsey, the huge liberal leftist progressive Biden (laughs) fan apparently, Twitter CEO Jack Dorsey realized he had to take action. Dorsey smashed a glass box in his office reading, break in case of bad publicity for Democrats. Inside the case was a sledgehammer for smashing Twitter's servers. Dorsey ran downstairs and started smashing as many computers as he could, but he did need to ask for some help, as the hammer was pretty heavy. None of the programmers could lift the hammer. Eventually, they managed to program a robot to pick up the sledgehammer and smash the servers. This is one of those funny articles they write Mm -hmm, at the Babylon Mm Bee. After hearing the Twitter employees talk about critical theory... The robot got woke and began attacking all the cis white males. End quote.
0: That is almost certainly the least funny thing I've ever seen that wasn't a dead animal. That's it's close. I, I gotta say, the Babylon
2: Bee, because I went down a rabbit hole of reading their, their like satire. It's a fascinating human experiment, right? Because the core of humor a lot of the time is empathy. Right? But the people at the Babylon Bee don't have any empathy. They're just, South Park, we make fun of everyone bigots. So you get to see humor without humanity, and it's it's like an alien's attempt at funny. They are, and I, I almost mean this as a compliment, as funny as you can be without a soul. <laughs> well, South Park is as funny as you can be without yeah, a soul. Yeah, that's fair. They are not. And again... <laughs> This is 100% real. I mean, sadly, the woke robot that attacks cis white males is not real uh-huh. yet. We'll see. But we would deserve that. But the story is real. We've been saying that Trump's such a ridiculous bobblehead caricature of himself that satire is not even possible. <laughs> but somehow he took it a step further. He, he he beat us. I don't know. Now we have a, a fractal of... An inception of an Ouroboros of fake news. It's insane. We <laughs> need a fucking safe word to read the news at this point. So, all right, Yosemite. Yo, uh, that's going to be our safe word, Yosemite. And we also need a federal law that The Onion doesn't ever write an article about, like, North Korea flying an aggressive kite over the DMZ lest <laughs> the world to into a nuclear holocaust.
0: Yeah, we also agree that you have to achieve some bare minimum level of humor before social media labels you as satire rather than bullshit. Oh, please. Wouldn't that be nice, too? Yeah.
4: Yeah.
2: (sighs) Pass. And in hot saucy mama's news. As our nation pushes another right-wing shill onto the Supreme Court as babies still sit in cages at the border and as an entire half of our political spectrum bats their eyes about whether or not they'll overthrow the government if they lose this coming election, the Karens over at One Million Moms have a new enemy this week, and... It's a hot sauce ad. (laughs) It's it's a hot sauce ad from like two years ago. Right? What the fuck is happening in your life? (laughs) You're you're watching broadcast television ads from January of 2019. That's
0: insane. They saw it back then. He's, it, just, it took this long before they were ready to talk about it. They've been
2: collecting their thoughts <laughs> and putting been, it all together. They've
0: been processing yeah. and getting over it. So, yeah, quick reminder, if you don't know who
2: One Million Moms is, first off, most important, not a million of them. Nope. As of right now, they have almost 5,000 Twitter <laughs> followers, but, uh, you know, maybe the other 995,000 moms just don't tweet. Right, yeah. The royal million Yeah, and they specialize in getting mad about stupid shit like this. Regular listeners to our show will remember that last month they were mad when Dole put out an ad telling people to go fruit bowl themselves. But if you want to go down a rabbit hole of stupid Christian crazy, One Million Moms is the gift that keeps on giving.
0: Yeah, no, it's a million moms worth of bat shittery, at least. I mean, maybe that's what they mean. Oh,
2: there you go. There you go. So... (laughs) The ad in question, as Heath mentioned, is two years old and comes from Frank's Red Hot, or as fellow hot sauce fans will know it, somehow saltier ketchup. And their new tagline, I put that bleep on everything, received a strong condemnation from the moms who said in their statement, quote, Frank's Red Hot ad is irresponsible and offensive to customers. This inappropriate advertisement is airing during prime time. Nope. When children are likely watching. The bleeped-out word creates an unnecessary curiosity in children. And there is nothing funny about swearing or kids mimicking this behavior. It's, it's in prime time from two years ago in the it past. <laughs> Big Bang Theory, damn it. Big Bang Theory. <laughs> the commercial is extremely destructive and damaging to impressionable children. End quote. So, yeah. Uh... Big congrats to One Million Moms for officially coming out against Curiosity and Children? <laughs> I
0: mean, we knew they were, but good for them for saying it? All right. Well, I'll tell you what. I'm terrified because she just said there's nothing funny about swearing, so I might need to get some fucking resumes out there. <laughs> and while I touch that up, we'll turn things over to my lovely wife, Lucinda. A man wrote the Bible? A horse, was smart. If it's a legitimate rape. It is a slut, right?
3: cooking can be fun. Hey, I'm proud of a man. This week in
5: Mississauga. I'm going to make a bet. We're recording on Wednesday, so the 60 Minutes interview isn't coming out for a few days yet. Unless Trump drops it on YouTube. But I'm going to go ahead and make a prediction about the video I haven't seen anyway. So just in case you hadn't heard, Trump made a bunch of headlines on Tuesday when he apparently stormed out of an interview with CBS's Leslie Stahl. 60 Minutes is doing an episode that includes interviews with both candidates and their running mates. Or at least that was the plan. Trump got pissy halfway through the interview and walked out, then refused to come back for a segment he was supposed to film with Mike Pence afterwards. Now, there have been a couple of reports where unnamed sources characterized the interview as bad, but not unusually bad. Nobody specified what question or a line of questioning set him off, but the White House has confirmed he belled on the interview, and Trump went on a bitchy little tweet storm about Leslie Stahl afterwards. Then he whined about her during a rally later. So here's my prediction. I'm guessing Leslie Stahl was no harder on him than Chris Wallace was on Fox News or Jonathan Swan was for Axios. I'm guessing the misogynist just can't handle that same treatment at the hands of a gender he considers inferior to his own. And I'm also guessing that's going to make for a damn interesting dynamic in tonight's debate. And let's not make the mistake of thinking this is a Trump thing. This is a GOP thing, and they've been cultivating it for decades. I think any honest person can admit that sexism is a big part of the reason Trump was elected. But it wasn't just sexism against Hillary. A lot of misogynists liked having a candidate that was openly hostile to women and women's rights. A candidate who wasn't going to play along with the idea that women had an equal say. The GOP have been planting seeds of misogyny beneath their platform since the 80s in the first rumblings of the moral majority. So it should surprise exactly nobody when they harvest rampant sexism. And we were reminded of that yet again when Oklahoma Senator James Linkford went on a Christian podcast called On the Edge and started spouting off about how if God had his druthers, the U.S. government would be entirely populated by Christian men. And no, he wasn't just using men as a stand-in for humanity. Unless he got way more progressive about lesbian marriage since the last time I saw him. Because he refers specifically about how the government needs godly men who love their wives. And let's face it, even if that was the case, he'd still be excusing discrimination against one group by pointing out that he meant to discriminate against a different group. And again, that's not the case. He literally intended to discriminate against both. Also, quick, before I wrap things up, I want to remind you that as hard as it is to follow any single thread through today's news cycle, we're still on the verge of cementing a conservative, anti-woman, theocratic majority on the Supreme Court for the rest of my life. So, you know, vote like it. And with that reminder echoing in your ears, I'll hand things back over to Noah, Heath, and Eli.
0: Thank you, Lucinda. Next up in headlines, in... Pity litter news tonight. Christians tried to put their tongues in their cheek and missed this week when they named their (laughs) whiny-ass, self-pitying, persecution complex fest non-essential. Because, you see, uh, governmental restrictions vis-a-vis COVID-19 haven't been sufficiently submissive to religious bullshit by failing to deem theirs essential services, or at least... That's what they're hoping you're going to take away from the fact that they named their conference after them not mattering.
2: <laughs> yeah. I know they were going for the, like, take back deplorables
0: angle, but now you're just self-labeling. Yeah, all right? <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. So this who's who of who's that took place Sunday night at the <laughs> Calvary Chapel Church in Chino Hills, California and brought together hundreds of maskless, shoulder-to-shoulder Christian worshipers to lament the fact that they're not allowed to bring together hundreds of Christian worshipers. And it included all the COVID denialist hits like only 6% of COVID deaths are actually related to COVID. It's my right to risk your life, and Donald Trump should be reelected president. It even included the claim (laughs) from Charlie Kirk, no less, that the national lockdown was the, quote, worst mistake in the history of our country. End quote. Despite the fact that, A, there was never a national lockdown and B, all of American history. Yeah.
2: Listen, Donald Trump's done more for the covid community than any (laughs) president, including Lincoln. (laughs) Yeah, right,
0: right. Now, Kirk wasn't the only member of the scathing atheist least wanted in attendance. Some of Charlie Kirk's best friends, David J. Harris Jr., was there because they're pretty sure that when a black guy says all lives matter, it stops being racist. Uh, Dinesh D'Souza (laughs) was there to rail against liberals, Hollywood, the media, and people who commit the crime he went to prison for committing. And, Mm -hmm. of course, (laughs) actor, bigot, and gam muse, Kirk Cameron, was also there to... Stick his butt in one direction while flailing his arms in the other. Seriously, watch that man talk. It's like his ass and his hands are trying to avoid each other or something. <laughs> I mean, to be
2: fair, if I were Kirk Cameron's ass, I'd try to strike out on a solo career as well. <laughs> Especially after we know what he's done to it. Yeah, right? He has true. not yeah. treated that ass that's well.
4: True. Growing pains. <laughs>
2: And in Haven't Got a Q News, fans of the mysterious online poster and Nostradamus for Dumb Racists, QAnon, were disappointed this week when one of Q's earliest and most frequent predictions that JFK Jr. wasn't really dead and would be revealed as Donald Trump's running mate at a rally in Dallas this week failed to come true. Yeah, I mean, Dallas would have been gauche, right? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Probably nailed it, but they're just waiting for a better location. Right, yeah. Sure. No, no. He's alive.
0: But, interestingly enough, a mysterious online voice calling himself R predicted that that wouldn't happen.
3: <laughs> Ooh.
2: So, for those of you who have been living under a very, very lucky rock for the last five years, <laughs> QAnon is allegedly a high-level government official with Q-level clearance who... Decided to use a bunch of Nazis' favorite website to reveal a secret cabal of political slash Hollywood satanic pedophiles by making a series of wild and obviously false predictions. Yeah. Okay, and just for the record, the Q clearance. This is so good. It's from the Department of Energy, and it relates to secret stuff about our nuclear program. Yeah. That, I mean, that's that. real, but that's what it's about. Yeah. So, unless Hillary is a. A nuclear pedophile? It seems unrelated. (laughs) I don't understand why. It's the title of the thing. It's so dumb. (laughs) But, uh, by the way, it is worth noting that Q is, in all likelihood, just the owners of named Nazi message board who were trying to drum up business on their website Mm -hmm. by stealing from David Icke, who in turn stole all his ideas from everyone who hasn't liked the Jews throughout all of history. Mm -hmm. And despite this super obvious fact, way Way too many people think Q is real.
0: And, and and not just because way too many means greater than two in this instance. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
2: <laughs> so, yeah, like I said, not a great week for QAnon believers. But just as soon as it's announced that Tom Hanks has been arrested by Russian double agent Robert Mueller, we're all going to look pretty <laughs> silly for doubting them.
0: Yeah. Until then, though. <laughs> And in steers and queers news tonight, Republicans seem weirdly concerned with the fate of cows under a unified Democratic (laughs) government. (laughs) There have been repeated efforts from the president down to suggest that the Green New Deal calls for national bovicide. Killing all the cows. yep. Yep. Mm, Yeah, Bobasite is a a word, by the way. In in one of the weirdest political ads of this or any other election, Nebraska Democrat Kara Eastman is shown with her head superimposed over a raw steak with the actual accusation that she's planning to, quote, get rid of farting cows, end quote. And now televangelist Frank Amedia, who listeners will remember for growing back baby kidneys with his mind, is warning that if all his viewers don't vote Republican, America is on the verge of legalized cow fucking.
2: (laughs) Okay, I mean, on the verge is a little strong. (laughs) Like, we're not fucking the cows until we go carbon neutral in 2030. Well, right, yeah, no, it's it's a long ways off.
0: Time to get ready.
2: Also, talk about not reading the room. Frank, if anybody is fucking cows... It's your audience, Yeah, right. Yeah, don't
0: give them a reason. Yeah. So (laughs) this segment began with the media urging his viewers to pray for Republicans and assured them that if they did, it would swing the election 10 points towards the GOP, which (laughs) isn't enough to net (laughs) Trump the popular vote, according to the (laughs) current polling averages. But fearing their dismal polling numbers may cause his audience to lose hope. He added uh, this warning, quote, this is about morality. Even sexual preference has all of a sudden been changed in the dictionary to where it's offensive. How far do they want us to go? <laughs> what? Wait until animalism becomes acceptable and someone can marry a cow and have perverse sex with them, as opposed to regular sex with them. You think I'm laughing. That's what's going to come, end quote.
2: Yeah, the the marriage license—that's the thing holding back the cowfuckers. <laughs>
0: if only I had the paperwork.
2: <laughs> I want to have some perverse sex with this cow instead of this normal unmarried cow sex. It's
0: vanilla shit.
2: What? <laughs> it says we can't do weird stuff till I put a ring on it. <laughs> <laughs> I also like that based on that quote. People very clearly started laughing at the idea of perverse cow yeah, sex right.
0: right. <laughs> not funny. Yeah. Take it serious. No, no, very serious. <laughs> so, so, yeah, not sure uh, why he's riding the cow sex train at this point, but perhaps he's hoping to distract his viewers from the fact that back in June he promised God was going to unleash a September surprise that would turn around Trump's polling numbers. Either way... I can't wait for the flame war between the conspiracy theorists promoting the mutually exclusive theories of bovicide, cow-fucking, and cow-orifice obstruction. Just, <laughs> I, just it, we're word to finish your popcorn before you log on, that's all. Yeah.
2: <laughs> just to be clear, though, it, it is so commendable, Noah, that you think those are all mutually exclusive <laughs> <It's> bovicide. <laughs> it's incorrect, but that's commendable. It's adorable that you don't think... That that Venn diagram has a cow-asshole-shaped fucking-a-dead-cow situation in the middle. That's great. Okay, moving on. Finally tonight, <laughs> in the facts of pro-life news. Fantastic. A forced birtherism activist is making an anti-choice sitcom. What? A wait, wait, what? sitcom. I said that correctly. Yep. And I swear, we promise, this is not a secret Kickstarter for god-awful movies material. It's not. <laughs>
3: it should be.
2: It's it's so much better worse than we could have ever done on purpose. Yeah. Janet Porter, president of the evangelical group Faith 2 Action, with the number two. Mm-hmm. It's just a number. It's clever. She's also a um, successful lobbyist for fucking heartbeat bills. That's a real thing oh, she does with her God. life. And also, live-action Kyle's mom, if you ever see her, she—that's that's what is happening with her physical appearance. She put a whole bunch of thought into this, and she wants to explore the the situational comedy surrounding abortion hmm. okay. in a show. To be fair, most situational comedies are about abortion. They just don't know they're about abortion. <laughs> so, <laughs> against all odds, the backstory to this project... Might even be dumber and more upsetting than the current idea. It all started four years ago when Porter decided to make an abortion-themed rom-com. Really? She raised $2 million to make a romantic comedy about abortion. About a woman who falls in love with the son of a pro-choice congressman. So, basically Romeo and Juliet, but, you know, compelling. (laughs) Cast... Included Mike Huckabee, Steve King, Ooh. SNL alum Victoria Jackson, uh. and Stephen Baldwin. Wow. Yet somehow, with that cast, it never managed to get a green light from Hollywood, huh. so the project got aborted.
0: <laughs> I don't know. Something tells me Janet's still carrying it. <laughs> <laughs> but, <laughs> but last week,
2: you're correct, Porter announced that she... Repurposed that material and made it into a sitcom. It's called What's a Girl to Do? And it has a jaunty saxophone <laughs> theme song. <laughs> Seriously? Watch this trailer. It's fucking insane.
0: Yeah, we'll have it linked on the show notes.
2: (laughs) It's like someone set out to prove there is no universe worse than 2020.
0: Wrong. (laughs) It's
3: it's, it's madness.
2: It's like
0: she's trying to trick people who would normally never watch a show that was pro-abortion into never watching her show just because it sucks, right? (laughs)
2: God, I thought I was having a stroke. Like, <laughs> and, and, the and the volume is weird. there's so mm. much, mm. there's, there's oh. so much. They're dancing, doing physical comedy bits. Oh, it's it ridiculous. deserves its own cam episode. It's seven oh, yeah. seconds long and it deserves its <laughs> own cam episode. It deserves its own like worst idea yeah. ever for a year. We just watched that one minute trailer. It's yes. nuts. Yes. All right. Well, it looks like Janet Porter is taking a break from. Banning female bodily autonomy. So that's good. Uh, bad news, the Supreme Court is in charge of that. Yeah, now. right. But now Janet Porter's entire job is creating material just for us. <laughs> and all she's missing from this amazing, amazing project is a good title. So let's go ahead and put 30 seconds on the clock. We're going to help out. Titles for the abortion-themed sitcom oh, okay. she's really, right. really doing.
4: Go.
0: Uh, Two Men. <laughs> <Minus that>. um, <laughs> coat hanging with mr cooper Ooh, wow.
2: i used to watch that show um how i trapped your mother oh. uh, still getting to see your friends <laughs> <laughs> on a related note married with slumber
3: <laughs>
2: uh arrested development uh, <laughs>
0: this is a good show. <laughs> kim's inconvenience okay um Two significantly less broke girls. (laughs) Um,
2: Six feet asunder.
0: Oh, nice. Well done. Yes. Well done. And while we further lament our job security, I guess we can close the headlines for the night. Heath, Eli, thanks as always.
2: Samson and just having plenty of time to himself.
0: And when we come back, Don Ford will be here for the Bible's most ass joke friendly story.
2: Okay, so when it eats the peanut butter, you jump out. Wait, I'm jumping out? I thought you were jumping out.
0: Hey, hey guys, what you doing?
2: Oh, hey, Noah. Heath and I are super hungry, but we don't want to go to the grocery store or a restaurant because we don't want to die, so we're trapping our own food. Yeah, we got a box and everything. Well, why don't you guys just try Blue Apron? What? What's Blue Apron? Blue. No, it's no, it it. my turn. No, it, was, it is not. You did the ad last week. You did the I question didn't. I didn't. Uh, you did. No, look at the board. October 19th is a Heath week. No, it, because we recorded the bonus this past week. Uh, okay, Sunday. all right. That's no, but, but guys,
0: no. Blue Apron brings
2: fresh ingredients. What, what are you even talking about? about? Bonus episodes don't have commercials. It that doesn't, doesn't even matter. matter. The Treaty of 2018 clearly states, no matter how no, many ads no. are on the show, no, that treaty was violated during the intercept of Skeptocrat
0: 121, and you know it. You've conceded that on the record. Okay, guys, not- guys, we really need the advertising money right now. Give me it give me no, it. No, get off it. Stop no, it. Stop you, stop they'll it. send you stop a box You're of food yourself. and some recipes. He's biting me. He's biting me. Noah. Stop
2: up. biting. It always happens.
4: You
0: know, most of Bible Peace Theater consists of us trying to figure out how to work genealogies and genocides into our wacky voice dynamic, but there are some stories that remind us why the hell we started doing this segment, and that's why we're abnormally pleased to bring you this month's astastic installment of
1: Bible Peace Theater.
2: And so then she blocks me on Instagram. Get out of here. Because that's where she was putting the free pictures of her feet in the first place. Exactly. Thank
4: you.
0: Guys, guys uh, two things. One, that's a callback to an ad on a different show. And two, uh, are you ready to do more of First Samuel? Yeah, I guess so. Not my fault that people don't listen to all the podcasts. All right. All right. So what happens next? Kind of your fault. Right, so you'll recall that last time God gets mad at Eli because his sons are a bunch of douches and decides that the child Samuel is his new prophet or messenger. Right, right. So, okay, so sometime after that, Israel goes to war with the Philistines again.
1: Commander, commander. Uh, yes, Jewish elders? Uh, We're getting our thukuses kicked out there. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, we are. Uh, we need, we need... The Ark of the Covenant Oh, you
2: mean the the magic ark we have that helps us defeat our enemies?: The very same Do you guys ever think it's weird that we don't just start with the Ark of the
1: Covenant? I mean, now that you mention yeah, it's it it's kind it of weird: It's kind of a little strange.:
0: So they get the ark and, and, and when it gets to the camp, they all shout so loud that the earth shakes. And so I saith to her, how
2: much for a stone carving of your feet? Reasonable. Thank thee. Totally reasonable. Thank thee. Ah! Ah! Oh, the Jews must have gotten their Ark of the Covenant.
4: Yeah, must have.
2: You think they'll kill us now? Eh, probably not. Yeah, okay. So uh, what did she say? So so she called me a weirdo. Rude. So
1: rude,
0: Right. Right. So even with the Ark, the Philistines win again, and this time they kill 30,000 Israelites, including Eli's sons, and they steal the Ark. Bro, bro, where are
3: you? <coughs> I'm here, bro. I'm here, bro. Bro, you're all like
1: stabbed and shit. Bro, so are you. We're both I know. Trapped. I know, bro. I'm totes my goats gonna die. Totes mcgoats. Hashtag me too. Oh.
0: Hashtag classic. Right. Uh, yeah.
1: Look, bro, so, uh, uh s- something uh, I want to tell you before I die.
4: Uh, yeah, yeah, bro, what is it?
1: Um, you. Huh? You're
3: gay. No. No. You're gay.
1: No. You are.
3: No.
0: You're gay. So uh, a man runs from the battle with his garments rent and his head covered in earth to tell Eli all the bad news. Uh, oh, Eli! Eli the prophet! Whoa! What happened to uh, you? Well, I, I've just come from the
2: battle. I, I have terrible news. There's I mean, you've got dirt all over your face and, and your clothes are ripped. You know your clothes, clothes? are ripped, right?
0: Yeah, no... Like, like I said, I just came from the big battle.
4: 30, wow. 000. And like
2: you you didn't even pass any water on your way here
0: from the battle so you could wash your face before you well,
4: talked to I me? I
2: passed
0: plenty of water. I, I I just thought that you would. Or you could have be... gotten
2: a new garment maybe because I could
0: just see your balls, dude. I'm just, I'm just looking at your you balls. You don't have right to now. look at. Look, your sons are dead and the Philistines took the ark. Are you happy?
2: I mean, no. In fact, I'm so unhappy I'm going to fall down and break my neck.
0: Wait, you're you're gonna fall down and break your neck? Yes, yes I am. I'm, I'm sorry, like million dollar baby style? Yes, I guess so. Such a stupid ending to that movie. Right? What was that for? Uh, you, it made no sense. Like it's like Clint Eastwood was just like, oh, and now the movie is sad. Exactly. Fuck Clint Eastwood. Totally. Uh, wife of Phineas. Wife of Phineas. Um. Uh, who's Phineas? Uh, that's the name of one of Eli's sons. Oh, oh, right. Uh, hi, what's up? Uh, your husband.
2: I hate to say Uh, it's your husband. Wait, wait, what the hell happened to your shirt? Did it,
0: did it get caught on a nail, or... Wait, what the fuck is wrong with you people? Is there some dress code post-battle that I don't know about? All right, all right. Okay, Mr. Dirty Face, what's your news? Your husband is dead. Oh, I'm just so sad I can have a baby and die. Um, it's, it's a boy. Does that help? yes. This exact sequence is in the book. Yes, it is. So the Philistines take the Ark back to their town and set it next to their statue of the god Dagon. Uh, who's Dagon?
2: Oh, he's an ancient Mesopotamian and ancient Canaanite water god. He's kind of like Poseidon, but he's a merman. Oh, like like in the Little Mermaid. Yeah, exactly, like in the Little Mermaid. Nice. Is that relevant to the Bible story or? Okay, s- sometimes this segment just has fun facts, Eli. Okay. It's a fun facts. Okay. Jeez. People like my fun facts.
1: <sighs> there we go, fellow Philistine. There's Jew God right next to our God Dagon. That's right, fellow Philistine. Did you know Dagon is a fertility god? I did not. What a fun fact. It is a fun fact. Exactly. Exactly. So, uh, should we go home and leave these statues alone? Why, yes. I do believe so. It's not like they'll have a weird godfight or anything. Exactly. There's no reason to think they would have no, a weird no, no, godfight if we leave and just leave them here. Oh. No. Right. Yeah. Great. So, uh, you want to get dinner? I have more fun facts uh, for dinner. Got to get home to my family. Oh. Oh, that, no, that's cool. That's cool. Maybe some other. I'm probably months. busy. Oh, uh, okay.
2: Noah, Eli keeps destroying me and Don's friendship. He, he always kills us right he, when we're having Eli's a friendship in the middle top of the thing.
0: killing Heath and Don when they're friends on Bible Peace Theater. People die in the
2: Bible, Heath. Read a book.
0: I read this book already. You don't even know. You didn't read. Guys, guys, guys. Okay. So late that night, God gets up to do a miracle.
3: Sarah, Sarah.
1: Yes, Mister God. What do you want?
2: Help me, help me push this statue of Dagon over. Make me share a pillinth with a god. I'll show them. On it, on it. Mm. Nice. And if they put it back, next time we'll tip it over again, but this time we'll cut off its hands, and that'll really show.
1: Totally, totally, yeah. You're the creator of the universe. I sure am, Sarah. I sure am. Okay, but what if they still don't give back the Ark thingy that they have? Oh, well, let's just
2: say that if they don't give back the Ark thingy, I'm gonna be a real pain in their ass.
1: Mm, Morning. Hmm. Uh oh. Yeah, yup. Morning. Uh, so, uh, how, how's it going? What? With you. Oh, hey, hello. No, good. It's good. Yeah. It's good. Good. Yeah. So, Uh crazy about those statues falling over, right? Cause we said that probably would be the initial. Totally crazy. Crazy? Yeah. 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 So. Uh huh. Hmm. Hey! uh, I just thought of this. Uh, did anything did Anything else crazy happen to you and, like, maybe your whole family this week? Uh, anything like that? Uh, did anything crazy happen to you and your whole family this week? I, I have, have hemorrhoids. No hemorrhoids. Oh, thank oh, God. Oh, okay, oh, we b- All right, that's okay. got to be a oh, related. huge relief. Uh, so this is like, uh, what, no, like a Jew god? Jew god, thing? totally, or? yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, okay. So right. let's get rid of this thing. Uh, right, sure. Hey, uh, Philistines of Gath.
0: Uh, hey guys, what's up, uh, what's this?
1: Oh, uh, this? Oh, this, this is, uh, just the
0: Ark of the Jews. Ark of the Jews brought oh, it for you. Oh, nice, yep. I hate those guys. And this is their
4: Ark?
1: Sure, sure is.
0: It. Yep. And it is yours now. What? Yeah, are, are you sure you guys don't want it?
1: Yeah, oh, no, we're all done with it. Uh, we, uh, we peed on it and, uh, stuff, you know, yep. the usual.
0: Oh, wow, Thanks
1: absolutely no problem no, 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 no totally enjoy
0: ah wow that's so cool you guys want to have a seat you know eat some hummus or whatever it is we eat during this time period ah uh, just not
1: not really in a sitting mood no, right
0: now but thank no, you me
1: either but uh yeah
0: are you sure sh- are you sure very sure 100 percent,
1: sir very much so yeah no sitting please no.
0: you want a horse for your ride home please stop uh, saying no
1: yeah uh. ass related things
0: so, as you can probably guess, all the Philistines in Gath get hemorrhoids, and and then they try to pawn it off on the people over at Ekron. Hey, Philistines of Ekron, uh, you guys want a Jew arc? Wow, awesome! Yeah, I'd love a Jew arc. Are you sure you're done with it? Well, yeah, it um gave me and everybody else in town hemorrhoids. So, oh, it did? Yep, sure did. Uh, and the city before us. Do do, do you still want it? I mean, what are the chances a third city is gonna get hemorrhoids? Am I right? I mean, that's what I figured. Yeah.
4: Messers are stupid.
3: I can't you believe you're doing this. It's so committed. uncomfortable. Guys, all guys, guys,
0: guys! This is getting us nowhere. Let's go to our priests and fortune tellers, you know, and and they'll tell us how to get rid of all these hemorrhoids.
3: You are.
1: Hear me, fellow Philistines. If you seek to break this curse of the ark of the covenant you can't send it back empty uh you must send it back with the uh, with an offering of trespass okay like what you must send uh five uh golden mice and uh five golden uh hemorrhoids i'm sorry what'd you say Five golden hemorrhoids? Uh, yeah, to uh, you know, to represent the plague upon you.
0: So you want us to to make hemorrhoids out of uh-huh. gold, uh-huh. and then give them as an apology offering to the Jews? Also mice. Well, yeah, I did say that. Also mice. Uh, okay,
1: just circling back. Uh, awkward question. How do you make a golden hemorrhoid? Exactly. Great question. Does one of us like? Pose for it? What does
2: that even mean? I think we make a mold? And then we oh, okay. a mold? Okay,
1: okay, that's neither here nor there, okay? Really? It's yeah. relevant. Hey, no. You 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 must put the golden hemorrhoids in the ark, in a cart, and send it off. If the cart ends up with the Jews, it was Jew God. If
0: not, we all just randomly got hemorrhoids. Okay, okay, but just to be clear, this is what happens in the Bible.
1: Almost exactly word for word, yeah.
3: Look everyone! This cart just rolled into town and it's got the Ark
2: inside. Hooray! Oh, uh, but that's not all. Someone also put five golden mice in there. Hooray! 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 Me also.
3: And and five Ferrero Rochets. Hooray! Oh yeah! Go, the hazelnut. Up, up, up. Check that. Not for rare rochets.
2: Do not eat those. I repeat, these are not for rare rochets.
4: Mm -hmm.
0: And with visions of golden hemorrhoids dancing through your heads, I think our work is done here, but we'll be back next month with even more
1: Bible Peace Theater.
0: Before we cash the bowl tonight, I wanted to apologize to anybody who tried to get an ebook copy of our new book since the last episode. There's a problem with the formatting that caused the Kindle store to temporarily halt sales. We're still in the process of getting everything fixed, but it should be available by Monday at the latest. If you can't wait that long, though, I should point out that the physical copies of the book are now available, and they get them to you really fucking quick. We had a listener in Japan order one and get it in like a day, I think. So, check the show notes for links to buy your copy of Outbreak, A Crisis of Faith, How Religion Ruined Our Global Pandemic, or wait for the ebook version or the audiobook version, both of which are coming soon. Anyway, that's all the blasphemy we've got for you tonight, but we'll be back in 10,022 minutes with if you can't wait that long, to be on the lookout for a brand new episode of our sister show, The Skeptic debuting at 7 a.m. Eastern time on Monday. An even newer episode of our sister show, Hot Friend Got Off Movies Movie, debuting at 7 a.m. Eastern on Tuesday. And an even newer episode of our half sister show, Citation Needed, debuting at noon Eastern on Wednesday. Obviously, I need to thank Heath Enright for kicking so much ass. I want to thank Eli Bosnick for taking so many names. I want to thank the lovely and talented Lucinda Lusions for doing both ass-related and non-ass-related things. I need to thank the Simpsons Watch Along Podcast for providing this week's Farnsworth quote. Learn more about them in the show notes for this episode. But most of all, of course, I want to thank this week's best people, Ray em- David, Tiago, Evan, Jessica, John, Mark, Rick, Jeff, Daniel, Casey, Fluffy Fox, number four, Angela, Luke, Ben, and Vincent. Ray Amaranis, David, Tiago, Evan, and Jessica, who are so advanced aliens say they built the pyramids, John, Mark, Rick, Jeff, Daniel, and Casey, who have to wear Kevlar condoms, and Fluffy Fox number 4, Angela, Luke, Ben, and Vincent, whose orgasm histories show up as cosmic background radiation. Together, these 17 succulent secularists satisfied our insatiable need for sustenance this week by giving us money. Not everybody has the money it takes to give some of it to us, but if you do, you can make a per-episode donation at patreon.com slash atheist whereby you'll earn early access to an extended ad-free version of every episode, or you can make a one-time donation by clicking. Clicking on the donate button on the right side of the homepage at skatingads.com. And if you'd like to help, but money's too expensive, you can also help a ton by leaving us a five-star review, following at piat on Twitter, and telling a friend about the show. Legal services for this podcast are provided by the law offices of B. Andrew Torres, some represent handles our social media, and our audio engineer is Morgan Clark, who also wrote all the music that was used in this episode, which was used with permission. If you have questions, comments, or death threats, you'll find all the contact info on the contact page at skatingads.com. And when we come back, Morgan will have gotten the and when we come back blank thing that I'll have sent him when I send the the diatribe and everything. I'll send you this and and do it separately.
3: Please keep it as that. Yeah, no.
0: (laughs) The preceding podcast was a production of Puzzle and a Thunderstorm, LLC. Copyright 2020. All rights reserved.
5: Warning: the following podcast doesn't just contain adult language. It's brought to you by adult language.
0: This week's episode of The Scathing Atheist is brought to you by... Adult Language, Blue Apron, and by Tony D.'s House of October surprises. Call me Rudy. I'm I'm not saying I could do good, I'm just saying I can do better than the guy you got now. And now the Scathing Atheist. It's the Simpsons watch along podcast because Professor Frank would agree with Professor Farnsworth that we did in fact evolve from filthy monkey men. Uh. October 22nd,
2: and it's International Caps Lock Day! Yeah, for when you're losing a Facebook fight, but you want to lose it loudly. (laughs) I have no illusions. I'm Eli Bosnick. I'm Heath (laughs) Enright. And from Jason Voorhees, New Jersey, Cincinnati Swing State, and Good Husband, Georgia, this... ...is the Scathing Atheist. On this week's episode, California churches assure us that it's been votes and prayers this whole time. Donald Trump demands to have fact-checkers from The Onion at the final debate.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And Don Ford will be here to talk about hemorrhoids. But first,
2: the diatribe.
0: Did you ever hear about the time that Tony Perkins offered to buy a homeless guy a burger, but wouldn't spring for the fries? Okay, how about the time that Eric Prince helped his elderly neighbor carry out his trash, but left the heaviest bags for the neighbor? Okay, one more. One more. What about that one time when the asshole who started the Proud Boys helped an old lady cross the street, but got bored three quarters of the way through and gave up on her? Never heard any of them, huh? I'd be tempted to say we don't tend to write up international headlines about the times when otherwise immoral people who head immoral organizations do somewhat good things half-assedly, but if that was the case, why the fuck would I know about the Pope just now endorsing civil unions? My God, how low is the bar for this guy? Right? How I'd love to have a job where I was graded on the same curve as the fucking Pope. Half the time, the podcast is just like meaningless, random words from 10 feet away from the microphone. The other half, it's me trying to explain the extenuating circumstances around my latest conviction. And yet somehow I'm getting record downloads and all the reviews say, well, at least he's not an ex-Nazi who's directly involved in the child rape cover up. It must be nice. But yeah, Wednesday morning I wake up to the late breaking news, and by that I mean pretty goddamn late to be breaking, that the Pope tacitly endorsed civil unions for same-sex couples, unofficially. right? Like, this statement apparently came in a documentary called Francesco about how awesome the guy running the history's largest child rape cabal is. And at some point the Pope says, quote, Homosexuals have a right to be part of the family. They're children of God and have a right to a family. Nobody should be thrown out or be made miserable because of it, adding quote, what we have to create is a civil union law. That way they are legally covered, end quote. And that statement has even left-wing media outlets praising his moral authority. I, I did Think about what a tepid, condescending, backhanded declaration this really is. First of all, having the right to a family is the single most basic goddamn thing you can imagine, right? Like he's exactly one unit of recognition above. They have the right to use all the oxygen in the atmosphere without paying for it. He's saying we shouldn't actively disown them and implied at the end of that sentence is any more. Right. You and I don't have to make statements like this because nobody assumes we would endorse disowning your brother for being gay. Think about how baseline awful a human you have to be before that would be anybody's default assumption. And and as if that's not bad enough already, keep in mind that he only means this conditionally. He's certainly not saying they have a right to adopt children. Right. He's the head of the organization most directly responsible for inhibiting adoption by same sex couples. So when he says they have a right to a family, there's a huge unspoken asterisk weighing down the back half of that fucking sentence. What's more, he stopped shy of endorsing equality, right? His big moral revelation is that gay people should have some kind of separate but equal form of marriage. His endorsement is for civil unions, the don't ask, don't tell of the marriage debate. But wait, don't let me oversell it, right? Because it's not like the policy of the Catholic Church has changed, It will no doubt continue to be the single largest contributor in the world to campaigns against marriage equality. Their official policy remains that Catholic teachings cannot, quote, lead in any way to approval of homosexual behavior or to legal recognition of homosexual unions, end quote. And as if we need to douse the embers of commendability even more at this point, this isn't even new. In 2013, he famously asked his press pool, who am I to judge when asked about LGBTQ relationships? He's flirted with acceptance here and there in the past, but never beyond the boy shucks, I sure do wish I wasn't actively oppressing you level. And yet, despite the fact that his words are too little, too late, impotent, insincere and unexceptional, the Washington Post called his statement a remarkable shift. The New York Times went with extraordinary, Vox dubbed it groundbreaking. Meanwhile, not a goddamn one of them even acknowledged the irony of printing the ethical pronouncements of a man who is still, this very day and hour, harboring child rapists from justice. One would be hard-pressed to find an institution anywhere in the world directly responsible for more evil than the Catholic Church. Right. like I'd say impossible if we're counting all of history. But damn hard, even if you restrict yourself to, like, my lifetime. And yet when the head of that institution makes an off the cuff comment about some of his best friends being gay, the world's media trip over themselves in their rush to write a flattering puff piece about it and slap it on the front fucking page of their websites and papers. Of course, we all know where this comes from. Right, It's rooted in the same perverse sense of fairness that had mainstream media outlets reporting both sides of the climate change debate until it was too late to solve the problem. It's the same misguided attempt at balance that has to pretend both sides of the political aisle are equally responsible for the vitriolic political climate. It's the same fallacious bullshit that gives equal credence to both the truth and the lie. American media have had to spend an awful lot of time talking about the institutionalized protection and enablement of kid rape. It's crazy newsworthy. When you consider the scale of the problem, both geographically and temporally, it's one of the most evil things ever done in human history. So obviously the media had to talk about it a lot. Right. like It's remained newsworthy for decades now, and there's no sign it's about to drop out of the news cycle. And that leaves a lot of people in the media really uncomfortable. They're always talking about the bad side of Catholicism. So they feel the need to also talk about the good side, even if they have to exaggerate, misdirect or outright mislead to get there. And I hate that I have to point this out, but there's no goddamn way to lie your way to the truth. They're talking about your Jesus. this broadcast you a special news bulletin. Joining me for headlines tonight on the Tetra and Hydro to Mike Heath Enright, and Eli Bosnick, fellas. Are you ready to say hi? I'm
2: not an asshole. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you just think I'm an asshole? I
2: T H. See what you did there, Heath.
0: <laughs> and speaking of drugs, recreational or otherwise, I wanted to wish Sarah Rose luck while she's recovering from her surgery. The good news, Sarah Rose, is that Jeff loves you. He's right there. You have him entirely wrapped around your little finger. So milk this shit and make him do stuff for you. He wants to do stuff for you and also get better soon. But not too soon, um,
2: because if it turns out you have mutant healing, the government will come after
0: that's, you. No, Sarah. that's true. Yeah, no, oh, yeah. yeah. Pace yeah. yourself. Pace yourself.
2: And use it for the favors. Like we're in a work it, really. Right. Work well, exactly. It. It's yeah. quarantine. What are you gonna do? Recover <laughs> and then fucking sit at home? <laughs> Boring. <laughs> <laughs> Boo. Chill. Get into <laughs> some weird stuff with the favors. Make up some side in our lead story tonight.
3: <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> it is no secret that the Republican Party can only exist by bribing votes from single-issue white Christian zealots. And that's been working for pretty much my whole life for the Republican Party. But now their candidate for president is so goddamn objectionable that they also added disenfranchising pretty much everyone else besides single-issue white Christian zealots, and he's still not winning in the polls. So Trump tossed in a threat of neo-Nazi terrorism if he loses, And claim that mail-in ballots don't count anyway because there's mythical rampant voter fraud that, that somehow only helps Democrats. Yeah, right? Still losing despite all that stuff. So now we have Christian right churches putting up. Illegal ballot collection boxes, (laughs) thus creating the mythical fraud for real, but on the other side. Like, funny feeling they're not going to be helping Democrats on this one. Yeah. (laughs) What I love about this is that churches are so used to having no laws apply to them that they cannot wrap their heads
0: around the fact that they can't just declare themselves a polling place no. right right they're that's like no, i'll then. get a voting machine let's make it fucking you happen. Do, right yes <laughs> exactly. well honestly they confirmed barrett to the fucking court and i sincerely believed we were a polling place has a 50 50 shot of passing musters yeah, that's so. fair that is i fair.
2: absolutely sincerely held ballots <laughs> fucking great so just in case it wasn't obvious do not Bring your ballot to a church <laughs> and drop it in their box of church and state. That's, that's <laughs> not a thing. But that didn't stop Freedom's Way Baptist in Santa Clarita, California, from constructing a counterfeit ballot box with a sign that said, Official Ballot drop box." Wow. And then posting photographic evidence of their felony-level fraud on Facebook. The box also said, approved and provided by the GOP, collected by a Republican official. And that was right next to their Johnson Amendment-violating posts about the Christian right Republicans you're supposed to vote for, which was right next to their posts about the the opposite of black lives mattering, whatever that would be. Mm -hmm. Yeah, right. And that's just one example of one church. Apparently, these unipartisan vote-harvesting drop boxes for the GOP are getting reported all over California. And probably not getting reported elsewhere by the, the local news of fucking Mud Junction, wherever the fuck. But I'm sure it's happening. And yeah. Just imagine if this was a mosque yep. and not a church. Yeah. <laughs> I think we know the only solution here, gentlemen. We need Satanist ballot boxes yep. in the shape of Baphomet spreading his cheeks. <laughs> make Let's make <look> it
0: <laughs> It's amazing how many problems that would solve, honestly. Right? Done. So this shouldn't be a surprise to anyone. I mean, just think about that
2: Johnson Amendment I was talking about. These churches are saying to themselves, okay, well, we're a a giant taxpayer-subsidized illegal super PAC for the GOP, but legal somehow. And we send the government TikTok videos of our crimes, and that's super fun. But it feels like we're making this electoral terrorism harder than it needs to be. (laughs) Yeah, steal the votes directly right so either that works and votes are being handled by a pastor and then a GOP vote collector guy or it doesn't work in which case it does work because it's evidence of mail in voter fraud Yeah. the president of the United States and his party are going for the old shitting yourself to get a fecal mistrial technique as a campaign strategy that's where we're at
0: well, well, not just as a campaign strategy. we so totally doing a lot of different stuff related a to this It's whole brand. Words. It's a pandemic response strategy, <laughs> foreign policy, Krav Maga.
2: and in religion of five easy pieces news, the religion of peace—that's Islam—is at it again oh, this week. Islam? Yeah. Mm-hmm, you wouldn't. Yeah. It, well, anyways, they're at it again <laughs> this week when. In response to a beloved Parisian history teacher showing caricatures of the Islamic prophet Muhammad during a discussion of free speech and the Charlie Hebdo murders, a radical Islamic terrorist followed him home and cut his head off. Wow. All right. Yeah, just give me a second. I'm going to update the scoreboard. Um, Yeah, go ahead. 21st century secular beheadings. No, still zero. Okay, religious beheadings. All of them. Great. Okay. Why are we playing this game? Maybe a 10-run rule? I don't yeah, know. Well, yeah. What do you call it?
0: Despite their marketing, they're not super into mercy. Yeah, that is, that's oh, an issue. Nope. Now, the killer
2: was shot to death when he attacked the police with an air rifle as they tried to arrest him. But so far, the French government has detained 15 additional suspects and counting, including... Locals who are accused of issuing a fatwa against the teacher, four students who identified the teacher to his killer for payment, and an investigation is underway against the, ironically named, Collective Against Islamophobia in France. Huh. Okay, well, technically, they're kind of nailing it. The the fear of Islam is very rational, and now, like, (laughs) extra extra fucking rational. (laughs) They are nailing it. Taking the phobia right out of that fear, yeah. Yeah. And it's worth pointing out that all of this takes place against the backdrop of the week where the folks who provided weapons to the Charlie Hebdo terrorists are on trial, right? It can be easy to be stuck in the ameri view that Christo-fascists are the only folks to worry about. But I think this story, as well as, you know, most of the other ones we've been reporting on for the last seven this plus job? years, is that yeah. when you're looking for brutal murder for no reason...
0: Any old religion will do, people. Any old religion. Well, I mean, it's not all the religions all of the time. It's 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 all the religions all of the times they have even the slightest whiff of power. It's to, yeah. it is the prerequisite. Mm-hmm. And in skeptics with 3K's news tonight, with Biden leading by double digits <laughs> in national polls, thank you, consistently leading in all the swing states that matter, and given an 87% chance of winning by 538 as of this record... Trump has opted for a new line of attack in hopes of shifting this election after having failed in his efforts to paint his opponent as a socialist, a communist, a capitalist, but in a bad way, mentally unfit, anti-police, anti-American, Kabbalist puppet, Bernie Sanders and Mr. Rogers. But again, in a bad way, he launched a new attack, warning his supporters that Biden will, quote, listen to science and quote, pause for audible gasp, gasp. And to gasp. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck is he picturing? Just like a, a
2: secret back room full of data, smoking cigars and <laughs> pulling <a drink? laughs> Flash cut to Anthony Fauci sadly putting away his hand puppets. Well, that's four weekends of classes wasted. Yeah, very
0: Right. So, yeah, this ominous proclamation came during a rally with thousands in attendance on Sunday, where Trump demonstrated his commitment to not listening to scientists by having a rally with thousands in attendance. <laughs> yep. But in case it wasn't clear to everybody, he doubled down warning rally goers that Biden is, quote, going to lock down. He's going to want us to lock down. He'll listen to the scientists. And then when the collective retching and booing died down, he added, <laughs> If I listened to the scientists, we would right now have a country that would be in a massive depression instead of we're like a rocket ship. Oh, really? The challenger? <laughs> <a rocket> ship? <laughs> he concludes, take a look at the numbers, end quote. Okay, I'm looking. Was he done? <laughs> he have,
2: end quote. Okay, maybe it's everyone says our case numbers are soaring. there you go yeah or unemployment numbers yeah
0: (laughs) if by like a rocket ship Trump means not tethered to anything happening here on earth I guess he nailed it (laughs) uh but it is as it stands we are very much in a depression and when he says take a look at the numbers I'm sure that's because if you take a look at the letters as well they're going to spell out what a terrible (laughs) fucking job he's done with this pandemic okay but to his
2: credit look at the numbers, is a bluff that's going to pay off with any Trump
0: supporter at this
3: point in history.
0: <laughs> All right. No, that's fair. A spokesperson for the Biden campaign reached out to Trump and promised to return the silver platter when they were done with it, tweeting, <laughs> quote, This is tellingly out of touch and the polar opposite of reality. Trump crashed the strong economy he inherited from the Obama-Biden administration by lying about and attacking the science, and layoffs are rising. Meanwhile, Joe Biden will create millions more jobs than Trump. and tweet. Biden himself chose a more laconic response, simply tweeting the headline out that Trump warned that he'd listen to the scientists and added dot, dot, dot. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and
2: speaking of tweeting out headlines. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of silver
0: platters. <laughs> In
2: Peel the Onion News. <laughs> oh. Area man believes headline that starts with the phrase area man because (laughs) he doesn't know how the Internet works. And that area man is the president of the goddamn United States in the most perfect encapsulation of his stupid fucking existence and our stupid fucking tragic reality. Donald Trump accidentally made the most honest statement of his career last week when he retweeted an article from a Christian satire site. Indicating that the man in charge of our nuclear launch codes actually believed that Twitter turned itself off, like with a switch, in order to stop the spread of negative news about Joe Biden. (laughs) Ah, I've said it before and I'll say it again: if we could just get CNN to publish, Trump won't drink the stuff under the sink because he's chicken. This whole thing (laughs) solves itself, people.
0: I I know you're desperately trying for hyperbole, Eli, but. If you recall, he literally suggested that plan. Uh, <laughs> our,
2: our job has been hard. For four it's been years. really fucking hard. It's been hard. Yep. I would like to talk about <laughs> President Joe Biden, please. Well, you can't. This, <laughs> this whole thing actually really happened in real reality. Trump retweeted an article from the Babylon Bee with the headline, Twitter shuts down entire network to slow spread of negative Biden news. And here's the actual words from the leader of the country to go along with that article that he retweeted. Quote, wow, this has never been done in history. This includes Biden's really bad interview last night. Why is Twitter doing this? Bring more attention to Sleepy Joe and Big T. I guess Twitter is Big T in his head end quote, with absolutely no winky face characters, Yeah, no excuses, important. This was yep. not sarcastic.
0: Yep, yep. Well, I mean, he's right in that it's never been done in history. That, okay, <laughs> technically correct.
2: Yes. And I know the president, he's just trying to live up to Sarah Palin's voluminous devouring of all the media, but here's what it says in that article that he shared unironically. Quote, After seeing account after account tweet out one especially bad story about Biden, Twitter CEO Jack Dorsey, the huge liberal leftist progressive Biden (laughs) campaign, Twitter CEO Jack Dorsey realized he had to take action. Dorsey smashed a glass box in his office reading, break in case of bad publicity for Democrats. Inside the case was a sledgehammer for smashing Twitter's servers. Dorsey ran downstairs and started smashing as many computers as he could, but he did need to ask for some help as the hammer was pretty heavy. None of the programmers could lift the hammer. Eventually they managed to program a robot to pick up the sledgehammer and smash the servers. This is one of those funny articles they write at Mm -hmm, the Babylon Bee. After hearing the Twitter employees talk about critical theory... The robot got woke and began attacking all the cis white males. End quote.
0: That is almost certainly the least funny thing I've ever seen that wasn't a dead animal. That's, it's close. I, I gotta say, the Babylon
2: Bee, cause I went down a rabbit hole of reading their, their like satire, it's a fascinating human experiment, right? Because the core of humor a lot of the time is empathy. Right, But the people at the Babylon Bee don't have any empathy. They're just, South Park, we make fun of everyone bigots. So you get to see humor without humanity, and it's it's like an alien's attempt at funny. They are, and I, I almost mean this as a compliment, as funny as you can be without a soul. <laughs> well, South Park is as funny as you can be without a soul. Yeah, that's, yeah that's fair. They are not. <laughs> and again... This is 100% real. I mean, sadly, the woke robot that attacks cis white males is not real Mm -hmm. yet. We'll see. But we would deserve that. But the story is real. We've been saying that Trump's such a ridiculous bobblehead caricature of himself that satire is not even possible. But somehow he took it a step further. He he, he beat us. I don't know. Now we have a, a fractal of... An inception of an Ouroboros of fake news. It's insane. We need a fucking safe word to read the news at this point. So, all right, Yosemite. uh, That's going to be our safe word, Yosemite. And we also need a federal law that The Onion doesn't ever write an article about, like, North Korea flying an aggressive kite over the (laughs) DMZ, left the world (laughs) into a nuclear holocaust.
0: Yeah, Yeah, we also agree that you have to achieve some bare minimum level of humor before social media labels you as satire rather than bullshit. Oh, please. Wouldn't that be nice, too? Yeah.
4: Yeah.
2: (sighs) Pass. And in hot saucy mama's news. As our nation pushes another right-wing shill onto the Supreme Court as babies still sit in cages at the border and as an entire half of our political spectrum bats their eyes about whether or not they'll overthrow the government if they lose this coming election, the Karens over at One Million Moms have a new enemy this week, and... It's a hot sauce ad. (laughs) It's it's a hot sauce ad from like two years ago. Right? What the fuck is happening in your life? (laughs) You're you're watching broadcast television ads from January of 2019. That's
0: insane. They saw it back then. Heath, it, just, it took this long before they were ready to talk about it. They've been collecting their thoughts <laughs> and putting been, it all together. They've been processing yeah. and getting over it. So, yeah, quick reminder, if you don't know who
2: One Million Moms is, first off, most important, not a million of them. Nope. As of right now, they have almost 5,000 Twitter <laughs> followers, but, uh, you know, maybe the other 995,000 moms just don't tweet. Right, yeah. The royal does. million Yeah, and they specialize in getting mad about stupid shit like this. Regular listeners to our show will remember that last month they were mad when Dole put out an ad telling people to go fruit bowl themselves. But if you want to go down a rabbit hole of stupid Christian crazy, one million moms is the gift that keeps on giving.
0: Yeah, no, it's a million moms worth of bat shittery, at least. I mean, maybe that's what they mean. Oh,
2: there you go. There you go. So... (laughs) The ad in question, as Heath mentioned, is two years old and comes from Frank's Red Hot, or as fellow hot sauce fans will know it, somehow saltier ketchup. And their new tagline, I put that bleep on everything, received a strong condemnation from the moms who said in their statement, quote, Frank's Red Hot ad is irresponsible and offensive to customers. This inappropriate advertisement is airing during prime time. Nope. When children are likely watching. The bleeped-out word creates an unnecessary curiosity in children, and there is nothing funny about swearing or kids mimicking this behavior. It's, it's in prime time from two years ago in the it past. <laughs> Big Bang Theory, damn it! Big Bang Theory. <laughs> the commercial is extremely destructive and damaging to impressionable children, end quote. So, yeah, uh... Big congrats to One Million Moms for officially coming out against Curiosity in Children? (laughs) I
0: mean, we knew they were, but good for them for saying it? All right. Well, I'll tell you what. I'm terrified because she just said there's nothing funny about swearing, so I might need to get some fucking resumes out there. (laughs) While I touch that up, we'll turn things over to my lovely wife, Lucinda. A man wrote the Bible? A horse, which what If it's a legitimate rape. It's, it's
3: a slut, right? Hey, cooking can be fine. Hey, I'm proud of a man. This week in
5: misogyny. I'm going to make a bet. We're recording on Wednesdays, so the 60 Minutes interview isn't coming out for a few days yet. Unless Trump drops it on YouTube. But I'm going to go ahead and make a prediction about the video I haven't seen anyway. So just in case you hadn't heard, Trump made a bunch of headlines on Tuesday when he apparently stormed out of an interview with CBS's Leslie Stahl. 60 Minutes is doing an episode that includes interviews with both candidates and their running mates. Or at least that was the plan. Trump got pissy halfway through the interview and walked out, then refused to come back for a segment he was supposed to film with Mike Pence afterwards. Now, there have been a couple of reports where unnamed sources characterized the interview as bad, but not unusually bad. Nobody specified what question or a line of questioning set him off. But the White House has confirmed he belled on the interview, and Trump went on a bitchy little tweet storm about Leslie Stahl afterwards. Then he whined about her during a rally later. So here's my prediction. I'm guessing Leslie Stahl was no harder on him than Chris Wallace was on Fox News or Jonathan Swan was for Axios. I'm guessing the misogynist just can't handle that same treatment at the hands of a gender he considers inferior to his own. And I'm also guessing that's going to make for a damn interesting dynamic in tonight's debate. And let's not make the mistake of thinking this is a Trump thing. This is a GOP thing, and they've been cultivating it for decades. I think any honest person can admit that sexism is a big part of the reason Trump was elected. But it wasn't just sexism against Hillary. A lot of misogynists liked having a candidate that was openly hostile to women and women's rights. A candidate who wasn't going to play along with the idea that women had an equal say. The GOP have been planting seeds of misogyny beneath their platform since the 80s in the first rumblings of the moral majority. So it should surprise exactly nobody when they harvest rampant sexism. And we were reminded of that yet again when Oklahoma Senator James Linkford went on a Christian podcast called On the Edge and started spouting off about how if God had his druthers, the U.S. government would be entirely populated by Christian men. And no, he wasn't just using men as a stand-in for humanity. Unless he got way more progressive about lesbian marriage since the last time I saw him. Because he refers specifically about how the government needs godly men who love their wives. And let's face it, even if that was the case, he'd still be excusing the discrimination against one group by pointing out that he meant to discriminate against a different group. And again, that's not the case. He literally intended to discriminate against both. Also, quick, before I wrap things up, I want to remind you that as hard as it is to follow any single thread through today's news cycle, we're still on the verge of cementing a conservative, anti-woman, theocratic majority on the Supreme Court for the rest of my life. So, you know, vote like it. And with that reminder echoing in your ears, I'll hand things back over to Noah, Heath, and Eli.
0: Thank you, Lucinda. Next up in headlines, in pity litter news tonight. Christians tried to put their tongues in their cheek and missed this week when they named their (laughs) whiny-ass, self-pitying, persecution complex fest non-essential. Because, you see, uh, governmental restrictions vis-a-vis COVID-19 haven't been sufficiently submissive to religious bullshit by failing to deem theirs essential services, or at least... That's what they're hoping you're going to take away from the fact that they named their conference after them not mattering.
2: <laughs> yeah. I know they were going for the, like, take back deplorables
0: angle, but now you're just self-labeling. Yeah, all right? <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. So this who's who of who's that took place Sunday night at the <laughs> Calvary Chapel Church in Chino Hills, California and brought together hundreds of maskless, shoulder-to-shoulder Christian worshippers to lament the fact that they're not allowed to bring together hundreds of Christian worshippers. And it included all the COVID denialist hits like only 6% of COVID deaths are actually related to COVID. It's my right to risk your life, and Donald Trump should be reelected president. It even included the claim <laughs> from Charlie Kirk, no less, that the national lockdown was the, quote, worst mistake in the history of our country. End quote. Despite the really? fact that A, th- there was never a national lockdown, and B, o- all of American history. Yeah.
2: Listen, Donald Trump's done more for the COVID community than any <laughs> president, including Lincoln. <laughs> yeah, right,
0: right. Now, Kirk wasn't the only member of the scathing atheist least wanted in attendance. Some of Charlie Kirk's best friends, David J. Harris Jr., was there because they're pretty sure that when a black guy says all lives matter, it stops being racist. Uh, Dinesh D'Souza <laughs> no. was there to rail against liberals, Hollywood, the media, and people who commit the crime he went to prison for committing. And, mm-hmm. of course, <laughs> actor, bigot, and gam muse, Kirk Cameron, was also there to... Stick his butt in one direction while flailing his arms in the other. Seriously, watch that man talk. It's like his ass and his hands are trying to avoid each other or
2: something. (laughs) I mean, to be fair, if I were Kirk Cameron's ass, I'd try to strike out on a solo career as well. (laughs) Especially after we know what he's done to it. Right? He has not treated that ass well. (laughs) Growing pains. And in Haven't Got a Q News, fans of the mysterious online poster and Nostradamus for Dumb racists, QAnon, were disappointed this week when one of Q's earliest and most frequent predictions that JFK Jr. wasn't really dead and would be revealed as Donald Trump's running mate at a rally in Dallas this week, failed to come true. Yeah, I mean, Dallas would have been
0: gauche, right? (laughs) (laughs)
2: probably nailed it, but they're just waiting for a better location. Right, yeah. He's alive.
0: Interestingly enough, a mysterious online voice calling himself R predicted that that wouldn't (laughs) happen.
3: Ooh.
2: So, for those of you who have been living under a very, very lucky rock for the last five years, (laughs) QAnon is allegedly a high-level government official with Q-level clearance who...
5: Decided to use
2: a bunch of Nazis' favorite website to reveal a secret cabal of political slash Hollywood satanic pedophiles by making a series of wild and obviously false predictions. Yeah. Okay, and just for the record, the Q clearance. This is so good. It's from the Department of Energy, and it relates to secret stuff about our nuclear program. Yeah. That I just mean, that's that. real, but that's what it's about. Yeah. So unless Hillary is a A nuclear pedophile? It seems unrelated. (laughs) I don't understand why. It's the title of the thing. It's so dumb. (laughs) But uh, by the way, it is worth noting that Q is in all likelihood just the owners of named Nazi message board who were trying to drum up business on their website Mm -hmm. by stealing from David Icke, who in turn stole all his ideas from everyone who hasn't liked the Jews throughout all of history. Mm -hmm. And despite this super obvious fact, way Way too many people think Q is real.
0: And, and and not just because way too many means greater than two in this instance. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so,
2: yeah, like I said, not a great week for QAnon believers. But just as soon as it's announced that Tom Hanks has been arrested by Russian double agent Robert Mueller, we're all going to look pretty <laughs> silly for doubting them.
0: Yeah. Until then, though. <laughs> And in Steers and Queers news tonight, Republicans seem weirdly concerned with the fate of cows under a unified Democratic <laughs> government. <laughs> there have been repeated efforts from the president down to suggest that the Green New Deal calls for national bovicide Killing all the cows. Yep. yep. Mm, yeah, and Bobasite is a word, by the way. In, in one of the weirdest political ads of this or any other election, Nebraska Democrat Kara Eastman is shown with her head superimposed over a raw steak with the actual accusation that she's planning to, quote, get rid of farting cows, end quote. And now televangelist Frank Amedia, who listeners will remember for growing back baby kidneys with his mind, yep. is warning that if all his viewers don't vote Republican, America is on the verge of legalized cow fucking.
2: <laughs> okay, I mean, on the verge is a little strong. <laughs> like, we're not fucking the cows until we go carbon neutral in 2050. Well, right, yeah, we that's no, a deal. long ways off. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Time to yeah. get
4: ready.
2: Also, talk about not reading the room. Frank, if anybody is fucking cows, it's your audience. Yeah, buddy. right, it's yeah. Not. Don't
0: give them a reason. Yeah. So this segment began with the media urging his viewers to pray for Republicans and assured them that if they did, it would swing the election 10 points towards the GOP, which isn't enough to (laughs) net Trump the popular vote, according to the current polling averages. But fearing their dismal polling numbers may cause his audience to lose hope. He added uh, this warning, quote, this is about morality. Even sexual preference has all of a sudden been changed in the dictionary to where it's offensive. How far do they want us to go? What? Wait until animalism becomes acceptable and someone can marry a cow and have perverse sex with them as opposed to regular sex with them. You think I'm laughing. That's what's going to come, end quote.
2: Yeah, the the marriage license, that's the thing holding back the cow fuckers.
0: (laughs) If only I had the paperwork.
2: I want to have some perverse sex with this cow instead of this normal unmarried cow sex.
4: It's vanilla shit.
2: What? Since we can't do weird stuff till I put a ring on it. <laughs> I also like that based on that quote, people very clearly started laughing at the idea of perverse cow yeah, sex. Right. Right. <laughs> no, yeah,
0: right. Not funny. Take it serious. No, I'm not very serious. <laughs> so, so yeah. I'm not sure uh, why he's riding the cow sex train at this point but perhaps he's hoping to distract his viewers from the fact that back in June he promised God was going to unleash a September surprise that would turn around Trump's polling numbers. Either way I can't wait for the flame war between the conspiracy theorists promoting the mutually exclusive theories of bovicide, cow fucking and cow orifice obstruction just we're going to finish your popcorn before you log on is all yeah <laughs>
2: Just to be clear, though, it, it is so commendable, Noah, that you think those are all mutually exclusive. <laughs> it's, the side. No, no, no. it's incorrect, but it's commendable. It's adorable that you don't think that that Venn diagram has a cow-asshole-shaped fucking-a-dead-cow situation in the middle. That's great. Okay, moving on. Finally tonight, <laughs> in the facts of pro-life news. Fantastic. A forced birtherism activist is making an anti-choice sitcom.
3: What? Oh, a wait, what, what?
2: sitcom. I said that correctly. Yep. And I swear, we promise, this is not a secret Kickstarter for God-awful movies material. <laughs> it's not.
3: <laughs> it should
2: be. It's it's so much better worse than we could have ever done on purpose. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Janet Porter, president of the evangelical group Faith 2 Action, with the number 2, mm-hmm. it's just a number, it's clever, She's also a um, successful lobbyist for fucking heartbeat bills. That's a real thing she does with her life, and also live action Kyle's mom. If you ever see her, she—that's what is happening with her physical appearance. She put a whole bunch of thought into this, and she wants to explore the the situational comedy surrounding abortion. Hmm, okay, in a show. To be fair. Most situational comedies are about abortion. They just don't know they're about abortion. (laughs) (laughs) Against all odds, the backstory to this project might even be dumber and more upsetting than the current idea. It all started four years ago when Porter decided to make an abortion-themed rom-com. Really? She raised $2 million To make a romantic comedy about abortion. About a woman who falls in love with the son of a pro-choice congressman. So, basically Romeo and Juliet, but, you know, compelling. (laughs) The cast included Mike Huckabee, Steve King, SNL alum Victoria Jackson, Uh. and Stephen Baldwin. Wow. Yet somehow, with that cast... It never managed to get a green light from Hollywood, huh. so the project got aborted.
0: <laughs> I don't know. Something tells me Janet's still carrying it. <laughs> but <laughs> but last week,
2: you're correct, Porter announced that she repurposed that material and made it into a sitcom. It's called What's a Girl to Do? And it has a jaunty saxophone theme song. <laughs> Seriously? <laughs> Watch this trailer. It's fucking insane.
0: Yeah, we'll have it linked on the show notes.
2: (laughs) It's like someone set out to prove there is no universe worse than 2020.
0: Wrong. (laughs) It's it's, it's madness. It's like she's trying to trick people who would normally never watch a show that was pro-abortion into never watching her show just because it sucks, right? (laughs)
2: God, I thought I was having a stroke. Like, and the volume is we- there's so yeah, much. There's, there's oh. so much. They're dancing, doing physical comedy. Bits. Oh, it's It ridiculous. deserves its own Cam episode. It's seven <laughs> oh, yeah. seconds long and it deserves its own <laughs> episode. It deserves its own like worst idea ever for a year. We just watched that one minute trailer. It's yes. nuts. Yes. All right. Well, it looks like Janet Porter is taking a break from. Banning female bodily autonomy. <laughs> so that's good. Uh, bad news, the Supreme Court is in charge of that. Yeah, now. right. But now Janet Porter's entire job is creating material just for us. <laughs> and all she's missing from this amazing, amazing project is a good title. So let's go ahead and put 30 seconds on the clock. We're going to help out. Titles for the abortion-themed sitcom oh, okay she's really, right. really doing. Go. Uh, Two
0: Men. <laughs> that. Um, coat hanging with mr cooper Ooh, wow
2: i used to watch that show um how i trapped your mother oh uh, still getting to see your friends <laughs> <laughs> on a related note married with slumber
3: <laughs>
2: uh
0: arrested development uh, <laughs> <a> <laughs> kim's inconvenience okay um Two significantly less broke girls. <laughs> um,
2: six feet under.
0: Oh, nice. Well, well done. Yes. Well done. And while we further lament our job security, I guess we can close the headlines for the night. Heath, Eli, thanks as always.
2: Samson and just having plenty of time to himself.
0: And when we come back, Don Ford will be here for the Bible's most ass joke friendly story. Okay, so when it eats the peanut butter,
2: you jump out. Wait, I'm jumping out? I thought you were jumping out.
0: Hey, hey guys, what you doing?
2: Oh, hey, Noah. Heath and I are super hungry, but we don't want to go to the grocery store or a restaurant because we don't want to die, so we're trapping our own food. Yeah, we got a box and everything. Well, why don't you guys just try Blue Apron? What? What's Blue Apron? Blue apron? No, Stop it. no Stop it is it. my turn. No, it, it, it is not. You did the ad last week. You did the question. Did I didn't. I, you did. No, look at the board. October 19th is a Heath week. No, it, because we recorded the bonus this past uh, Okay, Sunday. all right, that's not. But, but guys, no.
0: Blue Apron brings fresh what, ingredients. What are you even talking about? Bonus episodes
2: don't have commercials. that it doesn't, doesn't even matter. matter. The <laughs> treaty of 2018 clearly states no matter how no, many ads no. are on the show. No, that I, treaty was violated during the intercept of Skeptocrat
0: 121, and you know it. You've conceded that on the record. No, okay. Guys, not- guys, we really need the advertising money right now. Give me it. Give me it. Give no, it. get off it. Stop no, it. They'll send you a box it. of food and recipes. He's biting me. He's biting me. Noah. Stop
2: biting It always happens.
4: You
0: know... Most of Bible Peace Theater consists of us trying to figure out how to work genealogies and genocides into our wacky voice dynamic. But there are some stories that remind us why the hell we started doing this segment. And that's why we're abnormally pleased to bring you this month's astastic installment of
1: Bible Peace Theater.
2: And so then she blocks me on Instagram. Get out of here, because that's where she was putting the free pictures of her feet in the first place. Exactly. Thank
4: you.
0: Guys, guys, uh, two things. One, that's a callback to an ad on a different show. And two, uh, are you ready to do more of First Samuel?
2: Yeah, I guess so. Not my fault that people don't listen to all the podcasts. All right. All right. So what happens next? It's not your fault.
0: Right, so you'll recall that last time God gets mad at Eli because his sons are a bunch of douches and decides that the child Samuel is his new prophet or messenger. Right, right. So, okay, so sometime after that, Israel goes to war with the Philistines again.
1: Commander, commander. Uh, yes, Jewish elders? Uh, We're getting our thukuses kicked out there. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, we are. Uh, we need, we need... The Ark of the Covenant Oh, you
2: mean the the magic Ark we have that helps us defeat our enemies the
1: very same
2: do you guys ever think
1: it's weird that we don't just
2: start with the Ark of the
1: Covenant I mean, now that you mention yeah, it it's kind, it kind of does.
0: weird It's kind yeah, of weird.
1: a little strange
0: so they get the ark and, and, and when it gets to the camp, they all shout so loud that the earth shakes.
2: And so I saith to her, how much for a stone carving of your feet? Reasonable. Thank thee. Totally reasonable. Thank thee. Ah! Oh, the Jews must have gotten their Ark of the Covenant.
4: Yeah, must have.
2: You think they'll kill us now? Eh, probably not. Yeah, okay. So uh, what did she say? So so she called me a weirdo. Rude.
1: So rude, right?
0: Right. So even with the Ark, the Philistines win uh, again, and this time they kill 30,000 Israelites, including Eli's sons, and they steal the Ark. Bro, bro, where are
3: you?
1: <coughs> I'm here, bro. I'm here, bro.
3: Bro, you're all, like,
1: stabbed and shit. Bro, so are you. We're both I stabbed. know. I know, bro. I'm, I'm Totes my goat's gonna die. Totes McGoats, hashtag me too. Oh, hashtag classic. Right. Uh, yeah. Look, bro, so, uh, uh s- something I, I want to tell you before I die.
4: Uh, yeah, yeah, bro, what is it?
1: Um, you.
4: Huh?
1: You're
3: gay. No. No, you're gay.
1: No. You yeah. are. No.
0: You're gay. So, uh, a man runs from the battle with his garments rent and his head covered in earth to tell Eli all the bad news. Uh, oh, Eli! Eli the prophet! Whoa! What happened to uh, you? Well, I, I've just come from the
2: battle. I, I, I have terrible news. Your I response... mean, you've got dirt all over your face, and, and your clothes are ripped. You know your clothes are ripped,
0: right? Yeah, no... Like, like I said, I just came from the big battle. Like wow. And weeks.
2: like you, you didn't even pass any water on your way here
0: from the battle so you could wash your face before you well, talked to I me? I passed plenty of water. I, I, I just thought that you would- Or you could have gotten a new garment maybe? Cause I could just see your balls, dude. I'm well, just, I'm just looking at your you balls. You don't have right to now. look at, look, your sons are dead and the Philistines took the ark. Are you happy?
2: I mean, no. In fact, I'm so unhappy, I'm gonna fall down and break my neck.
0: Wait, you're you're gonna fall down and break your neck? Yes, yes I am. I'm, I'm sorry, like million dollar baby style? Yes, I guess so. Such a stupid ending to that movie. Right? What was that for? I, it, made, it made no sense. It, like it's like Clint Eastwood was just like, oh, and now the movie is sad. Exactly. Fuck Clint Eastwood. Totally. <sighs> uh, wife of Phineas. Wife of Phineas. Um. Uh, who's Phineas? Uh, that's the name of one of Eli's sons. Oh, oh, right. Uh, hi, what's up? Uh, your husband.
2: I hate to say Uh, it's your husband. Wait, wait, what the hell happened to your shirt? Did it,
0: did it get caught on a nail, or? Wait, what the fuck is wrong with you people? Is there some dress code post-battle that I don't know about? All right, all right. Okay, Mr. Dirty Face, what's your news? Your husband is dead. Oh, I'm just so sad I could have a baby and die. Um, it's, it's a boy. Does that help? Oh, yes. This exact sequence is in the book. Yes, it is. So the Philistines take the Ark back to their town and set it next to their statue of the god Dagon. Uh, who's Dagon?
3: Oh, he's an ancient Mesopotamian and ancient Canaanite water god. He's kind of like Poseidon.